So allow me to refresh the scene since we unfortunately missed last week's episode and catch us up to where we are as we come into session five of Quest for the Frozen Flame. We have had our Night of the Green Moan ceremony tragically interrupted mm. by an attack that came upon us unannounced but not unforeshadowed. We knew that it's very possible that something was amiss, and though we had taken some minor precautions, we definitely could not have prepared for the full wrath of the burning mammoths as they fell upon us. We have now taken to our uh, routes through the eastern lands here, the Siorn journey, the migratory paths of the mammoths that the Broken Tusks have followed year after year for a few generations. But our goal and our motivation this year is a little different. Rather than simply following in the tracks of the mammoths as they travail the countryside, we are in pursuit of an ancient site called Red Cat Cave, where Grumbach Groundbreaker, a spirit loyal to the following, was once bound to protect a relic known only as the Primordial Flame an artifact handed down by Sister Cinder herself to the Broken Tusks many, many generations ago. So far that story has passed uh, into tale, has passed into myth by now. And of course, we are denied the luxury of an easy journey through these lands as we are pursued by the Burning Mammoth Horde that continues after us. Uh, we've had some more skirmishes since the Night of the Green Moon with some of their forward parties, some of their forward scouts. Smaller packs that can move much more quickly with more alacrity than the full horde, but we must continue moving east as the red glow of hundreds, if not thousands, of torches on the horizon proceeds unabating. Last episode, we met at the Gleaming Sun Lake which is normally the first stopping point of our journey, one that you would all be well familiar with, shores that you have visited time and time again throughout your lives as you walked these paths. Though they are not, again, identical, there is no trail exactly that you are following. It does vary by sometimes dozens of miles in any direction. The general route and the general destination are always the same. Kelpie Lake. <laughs> not anymore. Very briefly, Kelpie Lake. It's never been a problem before, and now hopefully it never will be again on account of we killed it. Finally. Don't believe that. His kids are waiting for him to come home. <laughs> no, he, as long as they're waiting back in the no, first world. I don't know that that's how Faye he's works. He's home right now. Like, yeah. That's, yeah, that's true. Worst case scenario, you sent him home to his kids. He's a Faye. If they die in the material plane, they just yeet back to the first world, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, his kids would be really happy. Yeah, it's like, sure. Man, he went out for that. Like, yeah, his dad just got ago. home from work early. Yeah. Like. <laughs> he went out for milk three centuries ago, and yeah, he showed up again finally. <laughs> I kind of feel like in the still first world, still they still, still use VHS tapes. I have... The, the, the whims of the a, first world are unparsable at best. They would put a CD in a VHS and it would just work. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. That'd be awesome. Because they think it does. Because they think it does. They, uh, it just works. It just does. And Makes sense. As we secured the shores of the lake, uh, fought back this Kelpie they had taken up residence uh, in the shallows nearby. With our reconnaissance of the area, it seems to be clear enough for the rest of the following to move in. And as they have night after night, 
We leave early as the sun rises, departing before our following as they pack and ready for the journey and clearing the path and the destination for a campsite. They rejoin us as the sun falls. We begin today there. As much of your camp has been unloaded, your tents are being erected, your herds corralled near the shores to drink. And that really is the, the closest thing to a problem with the water supply you have is the animals. Uh, but outside of these main rivers and lakes that are marked on the map, there are still other smaller creeks, um, smaller lakes and ponds that they can drink from that are mostly fine. But they're certainly happy to have a large shoreline they can all line up with and drink their fill and be happy. As the camp is organized and prepared, this Kelpie disposed of no longer an issue for the group of you. Uh, Harik would come to find all of you, really, gathering your party of scouts together who have been leading the way for the Broken Tusks uh, for a brief meeting back in uh, out near the Otterhouse tent. Her face is back to what it once was. Her uh, mood after Grandfather Sven's passing, which could be perhaps described as murderous having abated a a decent amount but it's not what it was you've all grown up with her you've seen her enough to know that this though it looks warm enough is not the outward joy that Harik has displayed most of her life her and grandfather Sven both rarely seen without a smile on their faces but I Simply wanted to talk with the group of you before we continued on from here. Yeah. You have done well. You have made myself proud. You have made our house proud. You have made Grandfather Sven proud as his soul watches down from the sun itself. And trust, I know that Ergola smiles at your achievements. In fact, she has spoken nearly as much of her pride in the group of you in just the moments after your christening as full-fledged tusks, you leading the whole of the following on this journey with such pressure. She has spoken near as much of you as she has her own newborn children. How are they? They are fine. They are doing well. Good. Uh, Sven and uh, Sidka are an energetic pair. Hmm. Sven, that's appropriate. Yeah, it makes sense. I was wondering if maybe his spirit would bless one of the children. It is certainly an unusual choice for her to pass down to her own children, especially as the name would be wanted to pass within his own house. But given the loss of Barthen at the night of the green moon, these are strange times. I don't. I don't accept that he's dead until I've seen a body. I just, I won't, I promised him I wouldn't give up. And she, uh, she reaches out and just kind of gently the back of her fingers touches your cheek. I know, Aram, you are not alone. Many of the Falcon House believe the same. Barthin is strong. He is proud. He's to an stop idiot. He's too stupid to die. I mean. And many have said the same as well. <laughs> Uh, it comes from a place of love, truly. But you are not alone in this hope. There is a part of me still also 
that believes that we will see Barthen again someday. But it has been many days. Uh, the mammoths that trail behind us have no difficulty following in our path, seeing us on the horizon. We are not near the size of their following, but we are visible. As we march, our lines are mammoths silhouetted against the peaks of the east. But surely Barthen will be able to see us as well. H- Harik, you didn't you didn't tell us what 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 about the third baby? <sighs> she is fine. She is uh, named for the sparkle of her eye, and that has not faded one bit. It is a mercy, perhaps, though they were born into such terrible circumstances to be too young to be impacted by it. Newborns, soft and molded like clay. They will grow beyond this, and they will be none the worse for it. But we have spoken. What leaders of the houses we have left, myself, Mirtha, Ignacta, uh, we have discussed the paths ahead of us. There is nothing certain to be gained from our journey far out to the east, from us traveling to Red Cat Cave, and as many of the other teams of hunters and scouts have come back into better health, some have mentioned that it is odd that the newest among us continue to lead. But for whatever reason, the final wisdom that we received from Grandfather Sven as he passed was for you to lead us to the primordial flame's place of rest, to Grumbach, where he once held vigil. And we have decided it is wise respect his wishes. Oh, well, certainly we're happy to help, I'm sure, but if there are capable hunters and scouts... You are capable hunters. Of course, but... We have heard you have stood against the advanced scouts of the Burning Mammoth Horde, have you not? You stopped them from poisoning the river that led to this very lake. You alone are solely responsible for the lives of our herds and perhaps all of our peoples as poisoned water would kill us quicker than any spear or flame. If others believe us unfit to lead, have them follow us and see what we accomplish every day. (laughs) I think that will not be necessary. It is not that they doubt you. It is that it is still a time of discomfort. This weighs heavy on everyone's minds. The torches are always visible in the distance and they want to do what they can to help their fellow tusks. Has they want to aid as they are trained. They feel helpless following behind, bringing in small game and food, keeping the following itself safe from small threats we pass, but we cannot fight this horde. It is a fool's errand. Well, certainly we could not. follow our traditional routes and <laughs> loop back around and accept the end at their hands as they eventually close or cut us off. Harik. Did, well, I'm sorry, Hanwi. I didn't mean to interrupt. Uh, well, uh, no, it's fine. I just... Well, we have to do something about them eventually. They pursue us doggedly, <laughs> uh, driven by uh, some deep-seated hatred. I don't think this is something that these burning mammoths will simply 
grow tired of chasing us and go away. Has there been any discussion whatsoever on what to do? Derp. From R2 D2, he's a hero point you ordered, sir. Critical moment. All or nothing. Ooh. Hate you. I hate you so much. Um, this is, of course, as plain to us as it is to you, Henri. No. We cannot simply ignore them. But I am the song singer of this tribe. I am the death scream. I know all the tales of our people. I know the words of the last as they fall. I know the stories of our past and what tales still live of this primordial flame. I think it is wise of Grandfather Sven to believe that perhaps our only answer is Grumbach and what he knows. I, I had doubts about our abilities to do this in a way that would bring honor and safety to our tribe, but what I have seen of this group of my friends in the past days has made me truly proud to be one of their number. What I have seen of you just at the night of the green moon, just that eve at Rockloom, filled me with faith. No doubts that you would be able to stand against the worst that could come against us. That you are perhaps somehow the best to lead us. Chosen by Sister Cinder as much as that could possibly be, and with Amka here to guide you with her divine embers. We will not turn to the south. We will not follow the route of Arsjorn. We will not proceed as we have years and generations past. We will travel from here east to lands that we have seen some passing when the mammoth swung wide and hung closer to the grandparents and the peaks. We will continue past them to Red Cat Cave to see what has lain in wait for decades and seasons. You will lead us. And they will follow. We will follow. And if the burning mammoths seek to light our very history aflame, we will fight them to the last. I think we should try beehives first. From what I have experienced, leaving them beehives could be extremely effective. Those things were There have horrific. been several who seem to have been inclined to uh, prepare hazards in our wake to uh, organize coincidence. small contraptions and tinctures and snares. Mm. And to my surprise, not the least among them, uh, is Urgula, who has led quite an impressive number of teachings in these recent days of travel. I, I do it was a strange pursuit that many of our folk have taken. I'm sure they're just desperate to do something to slow those who chase us. Frightens me that we don't know anything about these burning mammoths as far as I know, who they are and why they want to burn what we have. We say to fight them to the last when it comes to it, but how do you fight something you know nothing about other than that they are man? Perhaps we'll come across more scouts in the wilderness if we can manage to take some alive. I Maybe we not, could ask them. I think that's wise. I'd rather talk to them than kill them on sight. We, we know that they t seem to take strength from pain and hurting each other while we take strength from 
healing each other and giving each other sucker. That's all I need to know. It's going to be hard to take one alive when they're so fragile. I don't, they, they do fold really quickly. It's true. That's what you get when you third degree burn yourself for fun. I do not know the entirety of what Grandfather Sven had shared with you before the night of his deathbed. I know he met with all of you before the festival. And I assume you are aware that their banner was once ours. Of course. Long ago, before even my time. And it is possible, even likely, perhaps, that in the intervening generations, what they remember and what they tell of their stories is separated from ours. Makes sense. Still, it would be wise, perhaps, to learn of them, to speak as you can with them as a captive or as a defeated foe, to learn of what drives them, to learn of what they believe, learn of why they pursue us with such fervor. Our tales tell of a parting, a disagreement, yes, but an amicable one. A split of the banner, as some wish to take the fight east, to raise spears against the demons, and some believe that our holy duty to protect the primordial flame. A duty which, admittedly, we failed. It may be the very relic itself that drives them. But there is nothing to be gained of musing now. We cannot think of their heads. We cannot see what their past generations have seen. We cannot imagine the lives that they have lived in the lands to the east, in the demonic hills, in the scars. They could very well be driven by demons. Who knows? I would not like to think such ill of those who once shared their tents with us. Those who were once otters and falcons, muskox and moose. This behavior is insane. We know not why they do it. Then it is even more the wise to learn what drives them. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Maybe we can try and find one of their little camps that's been taken down. Sometimes what you leave behind is more revealing than you'd like. Uh, the camp is behind the horde that pursues us. But there are scouts that must rest and do what they do, looking and see how their scouts operate, how they push forward, what they value, what they leave behind. It could be valuable. They could just burn everything for all we know. Well, hey, that will tell them. us something. It we'll tells see. us that they underestimate us. Well, we already know that. They've proven that multiple times. They were so confident when they came on us, and yet... I think I know why. Do they lie to themselves about how many of their kind have fallen? No, I, I think I know why. Remember, Grandfather Sven said that we were part of the group that decided not to fight. We wanted to hide the primordial flame instead of... Again, I think for now, if... Uh... The tales of today's travails at the lake are anything close to true, which... I don't want to talk about I it. I would not believe had it come from mouths other than yours, perhaps. We're not going near the water again. Well, I fear that our journey to the east is simplest following rivers from the lake. Do we have following, to? Following uh, the tributaries that feed to. out towards the peaks before they merge with those running down from on high. Hmm. The grandparents are still days. 
possibly weeks of journey away. We have much ground to cover. Get some rest. Thank Prepare you. Prepare yourselves. And Sister Cinder is not the only one who has chosen you, Amka. We have as well. We have faith in all of you. Well then, thank you. I guess that means we need to do a better job. <laughs> Don't dive in the water after the horse again, please. I still have teeth marks on my torso. No it. See, it's right here. You know what? I'm beginning to understand why my parents told me just don't talk to strangers. Or drowning men. Just promise me this: if they offer, a, if they offer to surrender, don't. I'm gonna look directly at her. Don't <laughs> strike them down. Look, you know how he is when one of us has been hurt. He can't help himself. I want Everyone him to try. we meet from now on, say hello in Sylvan and see what they do. Oh, that's a good idea. We could try to get one over on them. Maybe I they'll call just this say, "Fay baiting." <laughs> hey, just they hey, started how's the water. What? We're gonna play. Oh, you got me. We're playing gotcha with every fay. Yep. If you get a fay, they just go back home. Yeah, it's a rule. Uh, yeah. They have to. Yeah. <laughs> if you, if they ask him in fe, if, if you ask him in Selvin if they're a fae, they have to tell you. That's yeah. Like, yeah. Fae, yeah. Right? They don't like, have to lie. Like, they have to tell you they're a fae. I swear All to right. God, I'm getting that true name spell if I get if I even get even close to it. Yeah, Selvin face says what? What? Got him. Got him. Anyway, hey, you you've been playing the game. <laughs> you guys head in back into the Otter House tent. Uh, to see a rare moment where Urgula is not completely overwhelmed uh, by her newborn children and seems to actually uh, be laying back resting, propped up by an assortment of fur rolls and uh, straw-filled cushions. Uh, looks over to the group of you coming in, after, I imagine, together after your conversation mm-hmm. with Arik there. Uh, a bit of a smile raises a hand to you. Oh! The new heroes of the tasks. They have a moment for us common folk to remember where they came from. We came to see our favorite mother. How's oh. motherhood te- treating you? Oh, it is. It is exhausting. Rougher with them outside than on the this inside. This is harder than hunting moose. Would you believe? I cannot believe how something so small can put off such furor. Oh, Rick says it is only because they are mine. I- <laughs> By extent, hers, but they have very healthy lungs. Nocta has them for a moment. They have a cough. She is checking over, making sure they are okay. They're okay, right? I'm sure they're fine. Okay. They are mine, and by extent, hers. So <laughs> I don't think a small cough is going to bring back her children, but uh, Nocta is a strange warrior when it comes to these small ones. The littlest things she takes such small nitpicks about to make sure they are in. Uh, they are. It's- Better safe than sorry. Something small can turn to something big. I mean, that's what happened to me. <laughs> I'm not going to complain. I will take the moment of rest. <laughs> it probably does it for you, too, so you can rest. With three children, I heard just one is hard. But three, you outdid yourself. Harry you? told me she nearly gave up on <laughs> me and my sister. <laughs> Almost just abandoned us to the wolves one day. Oh. <sighs> I feel no, like if you tried to is. abandon three children, they'd come back with the wolf as a pet. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the three of them would just start their own following. A horde to rival the burning mammoths, I'm sure. Here, <laughs> 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 I hear a kelpie. A kelpie on the lakes. We're and so tired horse. of the Full water. Full size. Full size. This thing is 
arm oh. tried to ride it's it. It's like two moose stacked abreast. Look, it seemed like a really good idea at the time. That's what they do. It was very, very, it was very convincing. They don't speak to your brain, they speak to your heart. And I, I speak your their language. Your heart is unwise. Your heart has not grown since it was nine summers. It does not get smarter. Yeah, I've it heard that. It never does. Uh, see, we, come up, we came up with a plan for them, though. Oh? Oh, yeah. From now on, whenever we meet anyone or anything, we're going to ask it. We're going to say hello in Sylvan. And if it answers, we got him. Uh, it's going to try to find some value out of learning to speak the language of the forest folk. Look, you are the one something. who made me learn it. So now I'm going to go get my my two, uh, my worth out of it. It has, it has applications, trust me. I have on two separate occasions talked ourselves out of a problem with a uh, dryad of the woods. I, I'm not that so, good at speaking to people. Henry speaks it. Well, Henry is amazing. Mm-hmm. What if it's just a normal person that also speaks Sylvan? Uh, they're a fae now. We got them. <laughs> what if it was you just met Urgula and she said hello in Sylvan? Well, Look, we would know it's not Urgula because she's a tusk. That's right. They're either going to be a fae, a tusk, and we'd rec- we could recognize the fae with that, then they're a tusk, or they're a burning mammoth. The way case... the group of you solve problems together makes me worry that we are that you are the ones leading us. But Look, we're going to throw water on it. My mother tells me that it is the wisdom of Grandfather Sven, and I suppose I'll find solace in that. Sister Cinder guides us, I guess. I'm hoping. Thankfully, this task isn't really problem solving. The sun rises, we follow it. East is easy. It's the first day of our hunting training when you were barely four summers of age. <laughs> East toward the sun. <sighs> well, I hope I'm half as good of a mother as I apparently have been a teacher based on the stories I've heard about what the five of you have accomplished. Oh, you're going to do great. I just know it. You have the biggest heart. Everyone in the following will help, too. Of course, we're all a family. Knocked off, nothing else. <sighs> you, you at least give me a source of pride. Know that my years were not wasted trying to tame your hard heads. <laughs> she looks at Ozosh and Verja specifically. It's been useful. To be fair, it has saved me on several accounts. Mm. Especially too, with that one boulder. Too stubborn to die. <laughs> But uh, with a rare, a, little too early. a rare moment here to uh, have some time at rest here with Ergola, something clearly the group of you are going to latch on to. The night passes without for any further incident, and as the morning sun rises... No more fae? No fae set upon you in the night. It's <laughs> fae. No, uh, no. You killed the one fae per hex. <laughs> yes. I hate yeah. you. <laughs> no horror. No, the, the Kelpie's family doesn't come seeking after yeah. now from the first world to descend upon the camp. But at least if they were to arrive, you have mammoth lords with you now. And you, you well, the five of you may struggle with the fae. You are fairly confident that like, Harik or Mertig, or honestly, probably even Nocta alone or with their uh, with their companion Mammoth would probably be fine against they could just blame the burning men. several Look, of them. They'd go get the Kelpie and the Kelpie would come back to the hole following. Dude, the Kelpie would... I got a horse. Kelpie's like, I'm a horse. I'm a horse. I'm a horse. I'm a horse. My father Nocta, was a horse. Nocta, if nothing else you are sure, would be walking the Kelpie back out from the shore to apologize for the, to the following as a whole for delaying the group of you. Uh, but that following morning as the camp is broke down and the group of you are ready to head out uh, to begin charting your course for the day. We're brought once more to the journey. 
Uh, traveling around here from the western reaches, either the north or the, the south bank of the lake would cause no real difficulty, and you could move into either of those two adjoining hexes with a normal day's journey. But you are sort of diverging from your traditional path of the Siorn. Normally, you see the grandparents in the distance and use them as a mark as you sail, sometimes due south from here, sometimes east and then winding around following the mammoths as they trek hugging closer towards the eastern reaches and the uh, the great peaks. Uh, but going out true east from here is definitely the path less traveled. Uh, knowing that it's not unwise if you feel you have the distance to reconnoiter hexes before the camp approaches, especially uh, if they are hexes somewhat enshrouded by woods or hills. Mm. Plains are a bit easier to scout easily as you travel, as you can generally see much of what you're traversing for a wide area. I believe our planned route is to avoid hills and trees entirely and take that clear pathway to the well, northeast. Yeah, head out a little northeast and basically mm -hmm. just follow the river Following and head straight the river the north, east, and then yeah. we actually have a pass here between this hill and these forests that makes for easy travel. Yep. A little bit of safety. And gives us a, some cover. So a day's journey moving you up would see the burning mammoth horde far in the distance starting to move around the southern band of these hills you had passed through. Um, he, you had moved through these hills for an express purpose, uh, that being to slow down the horde. And now as they are all but forced to navigate around and through the southern uh, areas here, it's one of the first times you see them kind of moving tangent almost to your own paths, not actually following directly after, uh, giving you some surely well-appreciated breathing space. Uh, the northern of these tributaries here, I guess it's not a tributary if it flows up out of the lake. I think it has to flow into it to be a tributary. Yes. Um, so is this is this downstream? The eastern is downstream. Interesting. Um, the Gleaming Sun Lake is a large pool as the river flows in from the west and then splits into these two. I don't know what the opposite of a tributary is. Uh, it's because I'm just going to say rivers. It's a river. river. The, yeah, river sounds good. Out the eastern side, one river. into the dense woods river. of the south river. where it winds around, tributary. being fed by many more downflows from the peaks as it heads south. That's that's typically much of your Sion route, your yearly travel is on that southern river. This northern one, again, the path a little bit less traveled, uh, where it has eroded a sizable path down to the ground. This one carving out a bit of a canyon, uh, much of the source of the big hills further up here to the north. As you can see, it does, uh, it winds back and forth on itself, surely a few generations from collapsing those tight pins into more, uh, into straighter paths and leaving yet more canyons and dales in its wake. And by far the larger of the two. Um, the day of travel around the shores of the lake is relatively comfortable. You're close to clean, fresh water. There's one side of you that is just open, glassy mirrors, and one side that is clear plains. Uh, it is probably the simplest and most comfortable trek of a day that you have had since the night of the green moon. And uh, at the night, the following rejoins you and camps without incident. Following again, it sounds like you are proceeding further up the river then yep. Yep. as you move around this and kind of hook through this little pass as the Burning Mammoth Horde moves in, uh, still continuing their route around the south, but now at least a bit matching your pace for the time being. You would be following this river as it cuts deeper and wider. Uh, the banks of this 
not the easy access shallows and gentle slopes of much of the feeding tributaries out to the west, but cutting down much sharper. Uh, in many places, the shores of the river being multiple feet up above the surface of the water itself before the, they cut very sheer stone down into the tumbling white foam as this rolls a bit more aggressively, uh, cutting more of intersecting rapids and tumbles than they are the clean and simple tributaries you'd passed before. But along your day's journey, sometime fairly early Burning in the afternoon, you would see that you are not the only ones following alongside the river. Um, first, you would see a large square barge, um, which looks like it has been abandoned. Uh, and is it as the river's current has simply brought it into the southern bank of this river. Uh, it's fairly flat, propped up on two wide pontoons. These are not unheard of. Um, your following, of course, has no real use for them. Uh, but there are other people in these lands. It is not just you guys. It's there are other followings. There are other smaller groups of traveling traders or even merchants that use some of these to navigate around. Hmm. Uh, but it's you've never seen one unattended. How dare they barge in on us like this? Hey, speak to it in Sylvan. See if it's a fae. The boat? You never know. Uh, I'll a take a look at it. Um, does it look like it's staying where it is or it's kind of floating free? What are you all doing as you approach this barge here? Examining the barge? Seeking. I think he was asking <laughs> for an action. Yeah, look for yeah. like uh, eyeballs. I mean, yeah, you can get examining the barge, you can seeking as well. You're just yeah. kind of looking for something. I'm seeking. Everyone's just recalling knowledge. Peeping, you're thinking. And Ozash is, I'm sure. I don't oh, trust this, so I'm immediately scouting. Boat mimic. <laughs> I don't like things um, made of wood. Make me, and this is just general knowledge, so you can go ahead and roll it, Nick. Ooh. Make me a, oh, you're going to love what it is, a society check. <laughs> you probably don't really don't know much about the other people of the region. Not really. No. Following, like. no, not really. Eh, those idiots. I know that uh, they, they walk around on two feet, and uh, yeah, it's a three. Yeah, with the three, you like you literally. I'm like, I'm not even gonna just like I let you have it because I'm not even gonna give you a critical failure. Like wrong things, you just you have no idea. Um, Someone's boat. You maybe. How long have you been with the following? Uh, about three or four years. You've probably never seen one of these barges before. Huh. So you have absolutely like no concept of what this could possibly be, and, and many of you may not have either, since you were young enough to not remember it. They're they're quite rare. Um, seekers. As you move up towards the barge, give me your perception checks. Dirty 20. 16. I'm marking that stupid thing as my prey. The boat? Yeah, man. Okay, if the boat's a mimic, you'll have a bonus. Awesome. You ever go boat hunting? Nope, <laughs> but I go two it's hunting. Theft. It's the two perception <laughs> show. That's why we call it that. Um, so with a... You are very just obviously on edge about weird things in the water at this point. I don't that like is it. It's honestly, in the water. just getting in the way of you really focusing on much of the scene here. Um, Verja, you would see that this has been run into the shore here, and one side of this, one of the, the wide pontoons, has pretty much been sent up and kind of sloped up and caught 
on a the berm of a tree that is growing up along the side of this, kind of into almost into this sheer cliff of the riverbed. So it's effectively uh, beached. It's pretty fairly beached. Uh, it, it would take well, not an incredible effort to remove it. It's not like the boats are extremely heavy. Um, it's not very large. It's it's only like eight feet wide, maybe twelve long. It's a pretty oh, okay. it's a pretty small flat square barge with just like a sm even smaller like almost. Like slightly larger than a porta potty is for some reason a size reference coming to mind because gotcha. it would kind of look like that set across this uh, cabin in the center. Um, mm. It looks very clearly like it just ran aground here and just has been left. Huh. Uh, it has not started to overgo with moss or algae or anything, and in fact, doesn't really look even worse for wear other than some small damage from the impact itself. You reckon it hasn't been here more than at worst a week it's quite recent you know boats have a magical property they get bigger when you try to move them and they get smaller when you're on them <laughs> that's not wrong yeah. honestly yeah. <laughs> um and amka with your 20 you would notice that there are some small caches um on the deck of this little barge atop the pontoon uh, that are little more than bits of the wooden plank deck that can detach and swing out to look like they're for a, a pretty wide a, array of storage of goods. This looks like it's a transport, but a very light one. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe uh, it's a tradesman ran the, the boat aground and didn't think it was worth it. There weren't enough goods on it to, to take it back out and they just left it here. Or? How does this thing move? Well, you put it in the water. It and doesn't move on the land. It does not possess any rudder nor sail. No blood or marks that indicate like a battle in the area. Well, you guys like approaching it. Yeah, like in, in uh, around it. No. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I've never seen a boat before. I just I've heard them described. I guess the wood is so worked to it to see if anyone's near. Right. That I, would be. I guess I'll reasonable. Yeah, I'll I... take a minute to like look in the area, not necessarily the water, but like... Right, just kind of around. See, and like the area here is... Evidence of this is on the outskirts of the thicket, so there are like scattered uh, very dense copses of trees around and uh, like wooded sections that you just kind of navigate around in between. Not enough to mechanically slow you, it's not a full massive thicket, it's mostly plains, but it's pretty thick by the creek bed here. Mm. Uh, peeking through and around not making a huge radius around this. You don't find much of anything. Are you also checking the boat itself or is yeah. it before you go to the before boat itself? Before you go to the okay. boat. You don't find, uh, none of you with those, owner. yeah, none of you find any sign of anybody uh, around mm. these trees here. But mm. uh, you do find clear signs that somebody has passed. Uh, you would find a set of two footprints kind of on the outskirts of the thickets, traveling the same direction that you are. One that looks to be human-sized feet, but if you had strapped smaller metal boats yourself onto your feet, uh, the footprints are singular and deep with pointed toes. Hmm. Um, and the other set of footprints is the opposite. They are small, almost like a child's, very light with the uh, toes visible. They're clearly traveling barefoot. Maybe a halfway? Or a gnome? I'm or a child. There's prob it's probably way more likely uh, to be a I'm child. I'm going to cast Bullhorn and say, hello, is anyone owner of this boat? How long, what's the range on Bullhorn? 500 feet. Okay. Um, so Oof. is 
Amka's well, voice. Well, they know we're here now. Please report to the dock. Amka's voice echoes throughout the area uh, before falling silent again. Uh, are you just waiting a moment, or what? Are the, what I'm are hiding doing? now. That you're hiding. Oh, at this point, I'm gonna look at the boat and see like what's in the compartments, and depending on what it is, probably not to even take anything. Hanui's just touching the boat. <laughs> like, what the hell is this? I, this I, is I, like tree, but it's square, and they bent it. And how did they find all the trees that were bent in the exact same way to make all? Hanui, hasn't how anyone they... ever given you like a toy boat? Like, didn't somebody carve you one, like, this when is, you were This a kid? is large scale. There's a difference between, like, scrimshod or carved things and, like, the deck of this is planks. And the pontoons oh, wow. are, like, worked okay. in yeah. shapes. Wow. Like, like, like planks? Works. This is worked wood. Like, okay. that's worked wood. Like, you don't make... You need steel tools to do that. Okay. Yeah, this is I'm sorry. I misunderstood. Why? What the heck is that Do Is it magic? It that? just looks like wood. I'm just, uh... Keeping my uh, eyes on the perimeter in case uh, possible burning mammoths coming out of the woodworks to uh, ambush us. Verja, as you approach on the boat and start looking through up closer with your 16, you can see um, that a decent amount of the deck is darkened with what just, just I mean, it's a barge. The ship is, uh, the deck is slicked with water fairly regularly. Uh, what almost kind of looks like just water stains among some of these planks does appear to be blood. Uh, a fairly significant amount of blood. Uh, definitely more than would fit in a person. Uh, <laughs> probably more than would fit in a couple of people on this deck here. Uh, and if you still open and look up in these small little compartments, they appear to be carrying uh, many of them simple traveling goods. You've got rations, you've got water skins. Um, there's some lengths of canvas, which might be a material that you're not terribly familiar with up here, but lengths of work canvas and thick rolls, uh, as well as, again, like well-made woven ropes and uh, steel pythons and tools. Nice. Uh, one of the compartments would have several, like a half dozen sets of steel manacles. Whoa. Mm, probably pick what? them up and look at them. Just like, what the hell would these be for? Are they a weapon? They swing and yeah, they well, look Well, yeah, it would be two independent cuffs connected by maybe like a six link steel chain. So like they're, they're pretty small size. They don't get far from each other. Would but I they even are like, recognize what manacles are? I mean, well, but I was like just for like you guys to picture yeah, because okay. manacles could be anything other than like literally two cups connected oh, yeah, to each other to like just it um, is like two cups, little length of chain kind of thing. Do they look huh. like trap? Maybe they're traps. Right. Do they have like a, a spring on them anywhere? The outside of each of the cuffs would have two flat faces um, that on this hinge can Sorry. be easily put together. Uh, one of which has a hole in both sides and one a hole only in the front face. They that that line up when you click them together, but nothing else obviously happens. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I mean, following's it's... gonna be by. Let's leave this here. So Follow much metal. Footprints. It'll be useful. Yeah. Well, hope. Well, let's find these people. And after about that time, you would hear a voice from further up where you would have been traveling, kind of call out, very kind of heavily accented. Oh, what would be very heavily accented to you guys, at the very least of the realm of the Mammoth Lords. Hello? Uh, apologies about the boat. Whoever was calling. Uh, 
Can we see them? And they would be very visible. They're not hiding in the trees or anything. Uh, you would see a man approaching a decent distance out from the thicket at the shoreline here, clearly making an effort to be visible. Uh, what he's wearing was possibly unlike what any, anything any of you guys have seen. Massive, rounded steel pauldrons uh, continuing down to heavy metal gauntlets. He has a, uh, a bit of a lighter plated breastplate with a blue, green, and gold tabard slung over the front of it. Uh, this metal conti continues down to these massive steel greaves on his feet that match the footprints that you would have seen. And he has a weapon uh, on one hip that you've only really seen anything like with uh, Aram's family sword. Hmm. Uh, across his front, two what look like just smaller little swords based on their handles, and a strange wooden machine slung across his back, almost like a cross with its arms bent and a string lashed between them. Are you a fae? I ask in yeah. Sylvan. Um, I thought I knew enough Halit for this. I'm sorry. You... Oh, oh, no, don't, no, test. You're sorry. Fine. We're just making sure you weren't a fae. I'll They're put on, the manacles back. They're on edge, don't mind them. They're silly. The, Who it's not are you? Silly. Vixel, the Verja, derpy demand hero point. <laughs> don't give him things. Feeding him. Actually, for my shamanigans. It's more polite to rampage. No one is safe. <laughs> You're not wrong. Oh god. Oh god. Oh, god. He just continues approaching. I assume the group of you. Uh, yeah. Are you still hiding? Or uh, you were making an effort. To yeah, hide. I'm making an effort to hide. Are the rest of you all visible enough. I yeah. Are yeah. yeah. you coming back with the boat? Are you still down there? Because you said you were putting the stuff back I in the thing. I just put the stuff back, back close the containers, and like I'm not I attempting mean. to hide. Okay, but you're on the boat, kind of. So we can see if you got closer. The I'm, other three of you are all. I'm making sure that I'm like near visible. the front. That I, I still have my axe and shield out, but I'm not exactly posing a threat. As he gets a little closer. You can see that it is a, a fairly pale-skinned man with some kind of brownish-red, uh, almost curly hair, medium length, uh, just back across, uh, almost, almost unkempt, but looking fine enough as if it were styled anyway. A uh, strange sheen to much of it as it gathers around the back of his head. A very, very closely trimmed beard. A bit of the brighter ginger coming out of that, much shorter than what I have, and a very styled, almost pointed mustache <clears throat> atop that. A uh, smile on his head as he comes up no. his face. No. No. What? Mm -mm. I don't what? Like, no. What? No. Put him away. There's Put no way away. you know who this is. It's Lord, not Sal. It's Lord Thaddeus Stoutmore. It's, Lord, it's not Lord Thaddeus Stoutmore. Oh, thank Stoutmore. God. He was blonde. Okay. Yeah, he was blonde. That's the wrong description. I was worried. He was blonde and he's not like a plate guy. I was he's worried. Like, no. <laughs> right. That's, that's not his accent. I thought you were going to get the hat no, out in a second. I don't even have the hat out. Stout, okay. Stoutmore would have berated us in Taldane for not understanding. <laughs> <laughs> also accurate. Yes. Who would be addressing you in Halid? Come on. You savages don't understand me. Don't understand the common parlance. What nonsense. No. Uh, but he approaches. He's got a kind of a rounded face. A bit of a bulbous nose that, that gives his whole face sort of a jolly appearance, pushing the center of his mouth down, almost giving him a little bit of like a Santa smile. He just looks like a generally friendly human. Mm. Um, You're odd looking. And that is matched by the kind of broad smile he has and raises a hand. Um, I suppose, honestly, I could say much the same of you, my... Sorry. Um, 
peeking out Girl, of the boat. but respectful. N not my common tongue. Apologies. Why are you wearing so much metal? That's a lot of metal. And this boat, too. Like, I'm on the boat peeking out. <laughs> I kind of looks down to you. Like, well, I think it possible I may have lost my very life on that boat, not for all this metal. Does a fair bit, uh, steady kind of gestures to his sword. Stopping blades, weapons. Is the child with you okay? Oh, <laughs> not child. Um, small person? I win. She good. She's good. Mm. Um, I helped her from, he points down to a diverger, from this problem. Lots of blood. A lot of people dead. And he turns to Amka and uh, kneels down, extending one leg and kneeling down on one knee, putting his forearm across his knee as he bows his head. And what looks like a very practiced and precise, not terribly comfortable. He's not kneeling because he wants to stop standing. This is clearly a gesture of some kind. Uh, stalwart, Pericles Stalwart. I'm going to copy him. Amka Un. Yes. And as he uh, stands back up and kind of smiles all to the the rest of you here. Hanwi. Ozash. Well, it's a fine pleasure, all of you. Um, kind of down the boat. This didn't get terribly far. I is this a problem? Sorry, it wasn't mine. It was uh, people sellers. They were people who sold things? People who sold people. Oh. Hmm. Oh. Oh. Right. Not good. Bad sort. Um, gonna pat his sword. Gone now. Oh, well, then you weren't on the boat. No. No, I was not on the boat. Oh, I, how did you get here? Uh, I, well, walked. And <laughs> I out loud laughing. <laughs> I suppose boat. Um, they they uh, hailed hailed me from the shore. I think attempting to uh, sell me later. You're very large and wearing all that metal. Did you have all of those weapons when they asked when they tried to do this? I did. I was one. They were six. Thought it would be fine. I guess. Wasn't great for them, turns out. Little one was captured. Little one was captured in that small little chamber there, even with just her, not terribly comfortable. She's um, downstream, if you wish. Uh. I can move the boat, but honestly, not sure no. where. Boat's fine. Once he says that, I'm actually going to go scout ahead where he pointed uh, to see if there is an ambush waiting for us. Now that he is sort of pointed so in that direction. The boat's fine. How, we'll, how, we will deal with. How did the boat move? Um, long stick. Uh, they push. Oh. Oh, that's clever. I... Who? Maybe can't move boats. Didn't, didn't think about... Future of the boat. Sticks <laughs> are in the water. I think it's it's um, very fine that the boat doesn't move. You're just 
curious, and we saw footprints. Our people can make use of it, even we can, since it's not yours and if it's abandoned now. We can just salvage the wood. Sorry, I'm having hard with both. Look, um, family, take boat. Downstream, okay. um, small person, much better Halit. Go, <laughs> we follow. And he just does a strange gesture with both hands. I out, I out, wow, I laugh. But it seems very genuine and happy. And he nods. is confused and just kind of goes, Is this a greeting? What is this? I don't understand. What is this? We can talk to the other one. This means good. Good. Good? Good. Good. Follow me then, please. Today we learned about thumbs up. Keep doing this while Tomorrow, we Tomorrow, high fives. <laughs> We're just walking to this. It makes my fingers hurt for a long time, but... Arum, <laughs> it just—it's a gesture that just Arum makes you smile. Arum is so happy. Well, well, Arum's gone. Uh, Arum up ahead. <laughs> you, you missed the thumbs up conversation. Is going to have a very strange meeting here in a couple of minutes. You got a bit of a headway out past the party and made your way up to a place where this cliffside sort of kicks down uh, to a space of a bit of a shallower rest at the riverside here, where you can see what looks to be a. Uh, I don't know if a campsite is the correct word because there's no tents erected. It is, again, early in the afternoon. Um, but what clearly was a campsite, you can still see a circle of stones with uh, black charcoal between them. You can see a fair, what looks like a fairly heavy pack, um, a rolled up sheet of strange greenish uh, leathery material laid next to it, and uh, another larger one that looks to be lined with a very white puffy fur. Uh, and a woman sitting next to it, a halfling woman, wearing something perhaps somehow even more outlandish than that guy. Uh, as near head to toe, her gown is garishly bright. Uh, vibrant pinks and greens and blues, all kind of meshing and weaving together in a very, again, just vibrant is the word, visibly, massively colorful pattern across her back and down these long sleeves to her hands. Uh, she has a much smaller pack that's laying down next to the campfire. It's clearly, visibly must be hers by the size, probably a safe assumption. Um, and she is sitting next to what look like a pair of long wood and steel sticks that are propped into the riverbank, each just kind of extended outwards with some kind of a twine headed up uh, to a reel at the base of them. Um, and she's sitting looking oh, she's through fishing. a small booklet of some, of some denomination in her hands. Uh, definitely does not notice you watching her from the bushes nearby. Uh, <laughs> creeper. What you reading? I understand that uh, you speak Harik a little bit better than your friend. Halit. Halit, a little bit better than your friend. Um, ye, yes, I, I, I'd like to hope I've studied it long enough. I, um, hmm. sorry. It, it's okay, um. You're not one of the Delasi, are you? You. Uh, no, uh, I apologize for sneaking up on you. Uh, we are scouts uh, for a... Uh, a group of locals, and I wanted to make sure that uh, your friend was telling the truth. Ah, uh, um, well, if that's, uh, 
Pericles then? Were you the ones who called out with that yeah, booming voice? Magic, he, I assume? Yeah. And she does seem to be perfectly fluent in Halit. Like, she speaks it almost natively. Aram. Uh, it's nice to meet you. Harbana. Harbana Farwander. Harbana, if you don't mind me saying so, what, that clothing is very um, poorly suited to this area. <laughs> Would you like something different? It's heavier than it looks. And uh, besides, I don't get cold terribly easily. No, I, I mean, I, it's just very, very bright. And it's probably a, a bad move if you want to, like, you know, not necessarily get jumped. Well, if I'm not terribly well trained at sneaking about to the bushes and all, I avoid and notice this is uh, not really a great sense of mine, and besides, I run ins with the Delasi notwithstanding. I don't um, know who that is. The... Wow. Um, hold on one moment. And, uh, she kind of, like, shuffles on her knees over to her pack. Wow, and you opens have books? up, and it looks like it has, like, very little food in it. It's a lot of books that's, and journals in her small little that's pack That's amazing. I, she, how did you find so much paper? It's a very different, uh, a very different place where I'm from. Uh, we have a lot of things you don't, and you have a lot of things we don't. It's we have trees. Well, That's how you make paper. Trees, but you don't have paper presses. And what? 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 Is that magic? It's. I imagine going to be close enough to it trying to explain it. It's just simply a big metal machine. You feed wood in, paper comes out. It does it real fast. It takes a lot of metal to make, though, and it takes a lot of metal to make that metal into shape it as it is. It's a machine, a contraption that runs almost like magic. Hmm. Um, Dial tone. <laughs> can it make food? That would be really useful. Uh, well, we have different machines for those things. You have a machine it's, that makes food? Quite a few of them, actually. Whoa! Food out. And uh, <clears throat> as she pulls out just a small thing, it's less a book and more just a couple of small bits of paper, loosely leather bound with some twine. Uh, this treatise... Uh, I, I couldn't remember if this was in. Well, I couldn't remember if this was in your tongue or Taldane. Um, can you read Taldane? You I, know Taldane? No. What's that? What's a Taldane? The language. Um, I this can one I got from a. Elvish. You speak Elvish. Indeed. Um, well, I don't have anything about the Delosia that I don't think much of what I have is. It's mostly Taldane and Varisian, but a couple of the things about uh, your people's lands, I assume, up here, are in Halit. If you're if you're interested. Um, do you know text? I can read. My grandfather taught me. Must have been a good man. He was. And, uh, about this point, you would see on the horizon this strange metal man and three I'll, of your friends I'll following wave. him doing this. <laughs> Has he cast us? What? It means good. It means good. I think all three good. of them are doing good. Oh. Well, he wasn't lying. Sorry, I, I found the halfling. I don't mean to laugh. It's, it's funny. funny. It's a funny sight. <laughs> is that what it is? Oh. Yeah, my friends are idiots. And uh, Pericles kind of steps up and then puts an arm across his chest, bows at the waist, and smiles down to Far Wander here. Uh, Vex is Lomon Clay on Vosting. And she's like, Vridia, uh, awesome, Valacles. Uh Yes, I can serve as a go between. Uh, he is well-taught in your tongue in Halit, as it's, it's known abroad. 
Uh, but most of it's, well, it kind of gestures down studying books, learning runes, practicing in school. Uh, not so much practical fluency in the field, unfortunately. Well, I, I mean, honestly, I, I don't speak your language, so it would be rude to expect that you would speak mine. You better you can... not make the pun that I think you're going to make. <laughs> so, um, and she just mutters another couple of words in this strange language back and forth. He would like to invite you to uh, sit with us, if you wish. He's not got a ton of food to spare. He didn't really bring enough kit for two people. He wasn't, and he's been fishing to try and make up the difference with me. We, we can. We have plenty of food. Yeah, we, we can share. That's not and a problem. we can certainly bring in game. Yeah. Um, I should just back out a little bit more. <laughs> he he doesn't want to impose, so no. we're, we're, we're good well enough. Think. We've, I um, think. I suppose, looted at this point a, a fair bit of food and supplies we from should. the Delasi barge. So we're much better off than we were, but. I think we should bring them back to the following. Yeah, Make why sure don't they're you join okay. us? I have Nocta look over them. Well, do you have plans? If you were trapped on that boat and. Well, your friend walked here from Sister Cinder knows where. Um, are you? Are you? Are you? Are you lost? No, I. <laughs> it's a funny story, I suppose. Uh, Pericles and I are both out here for, I suppose, similar non-reasons. Uh, he's, well, as far as I can tell, just up here in Veras, Doctor, please. <laughs> and he he just sort of looks back down. Non Vasilo uh, Domliclorum Voxicles. <laughs> she just looks back. He's. Uh, let's just call him an adventurer, I suppose. Is he a wandering god? Like one of those that, like, like you meet. Metal. And, he, and he, he, he leans down. Dorminus. Nominee? Uh, Dorminus nominee. <laughs> he just busts out laughing. He thought he misunderstood. Uh, no, he is no god. Um, he is certainly a, a good man, and I owe him my life. Uh, if not uh, more, I, I don't know. But he has so many of their thunderbolts. I only have one myself. It's certainly peculiar to see work steel in these lands. There's not much of it from the, well, folk who live their lives here. Indeed. Um... This is a, a relic. It was pulled out of an ancient rock by one of my ancestors. It is a thunderbolt thrown directly down from one of the gods to serve us. It may very well be. Many things have much grander stories than their appearance would belie. Hmm. But what he has simply are a couple of fine daggers and a family sword. Oh, the, mine's a family sword too. His has a bit of a, well, as he would tell it, I suppose, an equally storied history, but much further away and involving a bit less thunder and perhaps a bit more fire. Oh, a different god then. Sword doesn't happen to have a bunch of jewels on the hill. <laughs> <laughs> as you look over to his sword, um, and he knows sword clearly because he kind of points at it, looks over the group of you, 
and uh, takes a step back, raises a hand, and, and like a, I'm not yeah, like, killing it with this gesture. Right. And does draw the hilt back a little bit with this uh, shine of metal as it comes out. And around the hilt, you would see five differently colored mm -hmm. gems. I hate you. Um, yeah, that's a really each, nice sword you got each there. Each set uh, just above the cross guard and the base of the blade. Um, them seeming to share very little in size or shape. Uh, almost a random <laughs> assortment in what is such an otherwise finely crafted blade. Hey, you want to see how broken one of the best relics from the first edition would be in 2E? Please? Can I touch it? And he slowly pulls it the rest of the way out, and uh, with his gauntleted hand uh, on the blade and another on the handle, just sort of gently extends it out to you. Um, um care careful. It's touchy maybe not hold but touch okay i'll touch it i'm definitely gonna touch the hilt but I mean, you can you can touch the hilt um and you can touch the gems even but he just kind of like takes a little bit of a grip a little bit of a better grip of the the handle as you I, do i know how to use one it uh, not like this <laughs> Aram, Maybe. it's his family sword. I know, but it's another... It, I've never seen another one. I know, but its he's clearly very attached to it. I think he thinks I'm going to take it, and I'm not. No, I'm not worried about taking. I'm worried about... um Boom? Oh, oh then maybe Aram shouldn't and, uh, touch it. You don't know how to use the, it? The girl... Oh, uh, eat by me. Farwander speaks up. Hey, you want to detect <laughs> magic? He's yep. sort of like, ooh, that's probably fine. <laughs> um, what's your arcana? Uh, my arcana? It is plus five. So this has a ridiculously powerful aura emanating from both the blade and the uh, five more independent signatures from the gemstones set into the blade themselves that are you literally see definitely far beyond anything you could way, begin to unweave. Like not within seconds of Ozosh doing just his little blah. snap, his little <laughs> snap, and you see just his eyes widening very quickly, and he just looks at you, gently places a hand on your shoulder, and goes, "I would proceed to do what he says." And do not mess with the swords for this man's holding a nuke. Oh. Either way, <laughs> well, regardless okay. of his family's sword. Well, thank you for letting me touch it. It's uh, beautiful. Yes. Welcome. And, uh, so Ozosh oh, is like completely paranoid and just staring at the sword awkwardly the and entire the time because he is intimidated by it. <laughs> if half the stories that he's told of that thing are true, then I... Uh, it is a fearsome implement to behold for certain. So it was given to him so, by the gods. We... It might as well be. Hmm. It... Well, it certainly believes it's possible. No, uh, but myself, I found a map, uh, actually. Oh. And uh, she's over by her satchel. She pulls out a small rolled-up paper map drawn about with a uh, kind of thick black, almost strip of felt, hmm. uh, tying it closed. I found this from a trader uh, back in Frisia. He'd, he'd come from far up in northern Avistan, and it was it was interesting. I interesting enough that I thought I'd see what all it entailed. I suppose I've always had, well, uh, my family name is very much a fitting one. I suppose I just wanted to see what secrets it might hold. And uh, she turns around to show the group of you. It is a map of the Gornok Plains. 
Uh, it is a map of the very region through which you now travail. It has Gleaming Sun Lake. It has the Gornok River, where you had your wrestling match with Barthen. Uh, it's got even a small sketch up in the corner of some of the standing stones of Rockloom itself. Uh, it is a map of near exactly the region depicted by our hex grid. Hmm. Um, I'm going to very pointedly gesture at the hilly area to our west and uh, say the bad people there. Oh. You should probably avoid. Yes, we're being pursued by an ancient enemy who wishes to hunt us Are down and destroy an us. an ancient enemy? Because we didn't know anything about them. Doesn't well, mean they're not. They haven't been around for a while. I don't think them as an enemy. Well, I think I've learned well enough about trying to, uh, well, the sheer naivety of exploring these lands alone and all but unarmed. Uh, but fortunately, Pericles here has helped me out and uh, has offered to aid me, well, on my path as he found it. His word's not mine, as good a quest as any. <laughs> He's We're funny. traveling in this direction. And you can see on the eastern side of the map, there is a mark mm -hmm. in a little valley that's past the grandparents in the peaks, and next to it, there's no way anyone knows Varesian, right? No. Um, much as can read Varesian. There is, and what looks like a very swirling kind of script, a word with a symbol next to it. Oh, um, this is... Well, I... Suppose Desna watches over my trails. That's actually where I was headed. This, uh, this is the interesting part. You, you can see, I assume you can't read Vracian. The the first half of this uh, travel here, uh, this this man, whatever journeys he was taking, uh, he seems to have made it about well, not much further than I did, honestly, uh, with the shores of the river, uh, the lake there before something happened to him. Uh, but this Kelpie, mm, probably a Kelpie. 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 Uh, we ran into a Kelpie in Gleaming Sun Lake. Almost lost someone. The people That's of the what first the world. Said. That's the what? But there's the group that captured me. They thought the same. Um, hmm. This spiritualist, I believe, this belonged to. They think he may have run afoul of the Kelpie of the Lake. Apparently, hmm. it set up shop there some months ago. Um, well, it's not a problem now. But. But that's where this gets interesting. Even still, in my captivity, I learned yet more. This map, it made its way back. It made its way back home. It came all the way back to Varicia, but none of the rest of him or his kid or his tails did. So it's only more interesting now than when I started this adventure, you see? But, but what I want to get is to here. And she has a mark past the grandparents with this thing. Again, it looks much like where Red Cat Cave is supposed to be. Hmm. It's his tiger. But tiger with a question. If he wasn't no, I'm. Whatever he came here for, I think it was to, to investigate this. It's a Red cat cave. Ixnay. Uh, Red cat cave. Red cat. Cave. I'm gonna fall back um, and look at you and just shake my head. I think the following is going there. You could come with us. Yes, I think that is a good yeah, idea. Yeah, you're welcome to travel with us. And perhaps safe. Sir Pericles as well. It's not safe around here without a we large can following. Offer you food and safety. You can. Enjoy our hospitality in our lands. And you I think can Sister learn... Cinder blessed us with you. <gasps> this blessed you with here. us. You like as, stories. As you can follow, he, he is like, you can see the face of a man who is desperately trying to keep up with the conversation and is getting words occasionally, <laughs> but is not every full up on then. what's going on. He's like, oh, oh, and he points himself, clearly understanding he's being talked about here. Smile on his face. Smile. Every now and then just glance at him, oh. smile, and oh. go back <laughs> to her. Um, 
flexes. She, she would love the song singers. I honestly, possibly. Well, I, I would. I would love to travel with you. I uh, no, very much. The brush with these slavers have taught me the value of strength in numbers. I. More importantly, I'd like to have Notka look over you too to make sure nothing's wrong with you oh, or Mr. I'm, Pericles. I'm physically fine well enough. Uh, Pericles has helped me out some. He had some uh, potions. Yeah, many potions a, crafted. Many an unwise uh, man says they're fine when they're not. They do not know. Well, I certainly won't well, turn my nose up with the help. That much is for certain. She is a woman. She would be honest. It is the saying. I, oh, honestly, I'd be glad to join you. Oh, good. I, oh, Pericles here, my life. But I am but a burden to him in his travels, certainly. And I'm sure he's other and better things to do than to get distracted following a oh, who well, knows how old map to possibly nothing. Pericles is welcome to come along as well. After all, if he's looking after you and apparently that was his only quest, um, surely he could find adventure in this cave as well. And he's got his hands kind of folded in the stomach here, a little bit more comfortable position. Uh, well, truth, I maybe too far from home. Uh, lucky, lucky for Far Wander, yes, but more dangerous, perhaps, than thought. Oh. I think you have to go home. You're on a mission I from God. Don't have, don't have to go. Wise to go. Ah. Smart to go. Better he, word. He has to return. He He's has. But you can just speak plainly to me. Oh, I understand. sorry. <laughs> I meant good point. Oh. Sorry. I think he's he on must, a mission. Or he's just very far from his following and he misses them. Well, he puts a he puts a hand down, uh, kind of kneeling back down, less in his practice gesture, more just kneeling down to get lower, and puts a hand on Farwander's shoulder. Um, I how to talk to a short person? Am protecting Farwander, keeping safe. We got her. Just say it. I. Um, <laughs> she good with us. I, Laminorum uh, Vartenklo, and she says back, obligation. She's an obligation. Uh, I helped. I must protect. It would be, be I understand. honor, honor to protect her. You thought I was, you think I'm not going to do that? You think I'm going to let no, that go? I knew no. you were. <laughs> Roll, roll the d20. Do your perform comedy. I know he has it. Malachi doesn't want it. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, you should at least come back with us for the night. And she puts a hand on her shoulder on his. They'll protect me. They can keep me safe. Mm. If he's There's a great number of them. That, and she gestures over to your clearly visible following, um, probably a couple of miles back uh, in the like, in plains following the river. That is their family. Mammoth, mammoth lords. Mammoth lords. And our, our, Ardo lords? Ardo mammoth. <laughs> mammoth, mammoth, big, big. <laughs> Pig beast. Huh? Pig? Big pig beast. Uh, big a... horn. Uh, um, half, half, uh, half. Tusk. Yes. Big tusk. Yes. Broken tusks. Broken tusks. That's tusks. our name. The, uh, name we... of the tribe. Ah, stalwarts. Name of the tribe. <laughs> okay. Huh, okay. Stalwart. Uh, stalwart. If well, you are worried about... Mis you already lost him. <laughs> <laughs> 
If you were worried about her, you could stay with us as well. But I understand Here. if you need to go. But she's, um, she's safe with us. Gift. Uh, and he undoes a bit of the uh, leather, one of the belts that he has holding up. Some uh, of no, 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 weapons. no. Hanwi is taken. And un I am? undoes the dagger sheath that he has. <gasps> Here. Wow. What is that? That's a short... That's a mini sword. A As you wow. pull it out, you it's can, a baby sword. Uh, look at the the bottom, bottom of handle, Hilt. and you can see that there is uh, clearly a just faintly glimmering bluish rune set into the bottom of what looks like a bottom of a very well made steel dagger with an incredibly fine edge. Why does he it's have so a light. Why does he have a halfling sword? She asks. It's a knife. Arm. It's a. It's, it's a knife. It's a dagger. It's a. Well, a knife for fighting, I suppose. But why um, would you do that for such a short thing? Why would you spend so much money on it? It's fine. Stop bothering him. Oh. This... I'm sorry, Hanwe. Kelpie. Um, it was it was in the lake. Did you find its lair? Yeah, we killed it. We, we, we killed I it. I don't know anything about the lair, Can I but see it? it is dead. Oh, if this spiritualist, the, the man who wrote this map... If this Kelpie was his end, Kelpies, they nest. They have lairs, they have caves, they have caverns nearby. They hoard treasures. That's, if we could head back, it might be worth investigating. Oh, Ooh, that could really? be useful. Do we have time to head? We have to backtrack. That's it's the issue. A couple days, probably. Well, a day. But. Could be worth it. Oh, you're many, maybe a couple. We wouldn't have to take the entire following. We yeah. could simply send scouts back. Anyway, Heracles. It's like a little tiny um, lightning bolt. And smile on her face, she switches back to Taldane mm. to uh, quickly. This is beautiful. I know. It's perfect for you. I'll cherish it always. Ha Congratulations, you're engaged. Han, you don't. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> you don't have to keep taking it in and out. You're supposed to just keep it in there so it stays sharp. Hanway was supposed to look at it. Let Hanway look at her gift. Just saying. Oh. <laughs> I'll go sit down on a rock. So tell me, does, does Pericles also have some faint, like, golden tattoos around his eyes? Maybe a particular ring on his hand? Not the, His hands have got heavy <laughs> gauntlets, and there's nothing you immediately see around his face. Per um, Pericles. Per Pericles. And you guys have kind of split as if they have been talking while you have been talking here. Yes! Pericles! Pericles. Um. Aram. Aram. Aram? Hanwi. Bad name. Bad name. No, no, it's a good name. No, name is good. Bad. At um, and he looks down. I think he's starting to say <laughs> down he's to bad uh, the far wander. Don't worry, I'm bad at names as well. He has mm. difficulty with remembering them, um, but we've. Pericles. Uh... <laughs> 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 right. Um, I like this. It's useful. Oh, we should teach it to the rest of the tribe. We should. The whole tribe um, just walking at you doing this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna mun. Oh. Stay safe. Yes. yes. Um. That um, magic, if uh, knife hard, the magic 
separate. Different um, can be axe? There's question mark towards Verja and your war pick on your back. Or sword or bow. You can. I have an axe. You can turn that thing into a bow. I can take the bottom off and put it on one of theirs. The wait, Ozashi is taking. Is going to take a look. You and Farwander just kind of nods. I I can explain the process to them. Um, It's a rune. It's. Oh, why didn't he just say that? Almost self-contained magic that enhances the weapon, but it can be bound to near anything. Remember? Um, I've heard of such a thing. He found one of those things. The rune thingy. Yes. You we, told me about it. Yes, but we, we found one earlier. If uh, it, it's it's early in the day, there's uh, plenty of time for travel. If you, I, w- I would very much like to see what's in that cave at the Gleaming Sun Lake. But okay, I, I understand. Obviously, you're, and she kind of puts a hand up, trying to like look. Your situation, <clears throat> if you are being chased. We are very much indeed being chased. Our pursuers are slow. We are quick and nimble. Um, we could probably go back. It would be worth it Especially if there was something there. Something useful. Yes. We need all the help we can get against the mammoths. Parmo, Pericles. Tell Pericles <laughs> that I have a gift for him too. Um, she, he gives him the poison snare that he made. For him. Which is just like parts that you could use to assemble that poison snare. You're basically handing him like and I a like tripwire uh, and some bone steaks and like a little weird twiggy bit and some crap. And just like, Arm just made glory in Ikea. <laughs> Thank. Thank. <laughs> Look, exchange. Um, I actually... You worked really hard on that. I did. Reach into my belt and pull out a little piece of malachite. Puts the st- <laughs> gingerly puts the snare on the ground and reaches Charm. out and takes the stone. Sister oh. Cinder protects you in your journeys. Sister Cinder. Cinder. Sister Cinder. Sister Cinder. Yes. God. 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 The rising sun. And uh, he looks down to uh, looks at it kind of like contemplative and far uh, far water siren ray oh sister cinder sister yes. cinder yes son son siren who um siren ray similar um Farwater looks up same i believe we have different names for oh 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 um, S- similar, same, same sim- god same god, different, different name. Different name. Oh, that's understandable. Sister Cinder's worship is uh, great in Varicia. They're very devout. Uh, I like home this home of Taldor as well, but she is known by a different name. We call her Seren Ray. That I makes sense. I believe it to be the same divine. At least according to most of what I studied. Um, Pericles, again, uh, Parma. But we, well, our journey continues. And we'll wait for the following. Has a camp to pick up. Well, if we're to head back, we should. We'll go this way. Right. Look forward to our journeys. Exciting. Should certainly be much safer than alone. Of course. I. Well. Oh, she'll love Henry. You're far more hospitable than the last group I met up here. That's to be sure. She'll love Henry. Just stay behind Ozash and Verja and Arm, and they'll keep us. They'll keep us safe. So with Harbana Farwander, now. uh, 
with your number, the group of you leave Pericles and his small little camp and his fishing rods behind to pick up things, clean up as he can. And uh, basically, it's early enough in the afternoon that you can head back to the Broken Tusks and functionally not move a hex for this day. Uh, you kind of like half in, half cool. out. You met them fairly early. You can just rewind this one okay. uh, if you want to spend the rest of the day doing yeah. that. Yeah. So yeah, on the sure. way back, I'd like to go and mark the barge with uh, a symbol of the raven, which basically means go nuts, take what you take what we can. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so maybe they can loot the barge and set up there while we go back. Okay. I'm over here teaching the following thieves camp. <laughs> <laughs> so the group of you would end up back on the hex where you had started this day on the uh, northeastern shores of the lake. Okay. I understand why he didn't come with us. A man who could solo their entire like, Are you sure, Mr. Knight, with a <laughs> thunderbolt for a sword who doesn't, who like killed six people to breathe in? You don't, you want to come along? You're looking for a quest, huh? Want to come protect some, some people? Hanwe, what are you going to name her? Huh? Your little thunderbolt, what are you going to name her? Oh. Hmm. Oh, how does the magic work? You said this was an axe and a sword and... So I think what he meant, the rune carved here to give it, gives it strength, but it could give strength to your weapons as well. Maybe not yours. You break yours a lot. He breaks his a lot. Maybe mine, though. Mine is permanent. I would be honored. So as... And Ozash's axe, too, is also very good at it. As Farwander is introduced to the following, uh, she proves herself to be uh, very diplomatic, uh, very well-versed and well-traveled. Her understanding and her knowledge, maybe not of Broken Tusk specific rights, but of the followings throughout the realm of the Mammoth Lords, uh, surprisingly deep. Uh, she is cautious and careful not to offend, but does seem to take a uh, great heavy joy in being invited to join uh, along with you in your travels, which just so happen to be going exactly the same direction that she is going. Mm -hmm. What a coincidence. What a coincidence. Mm. You could have to be. You could think it'd be like written like that on purpose. Sister Cinder works in amazing ways, mysterious. Uh, but with the rune, since it does take a day of downtime work to move it, uh, you would need to basically, if you wanted to switch it, leave the dagger and a weapon that you wanted it switched to with the following. Uh, you have plenty of craftsmen within the following that could easily move a rune from weapon to weapon. Uh, if you and then you would get it when you met back up that night afterwards. I would love to leave my sword and have them put it in there. That is fine by me. Okay. Because yeah. I don't, I don't think I need it because my I can make my axe magic just by you know channeling my power into it. Makes sense. Hi, I'm a magic battery. <laughs> <laughs> I don't so, need runes. I got this. <laughs> leaving your uh, just grab Amka and rubber on the sword. I, I also <laughs> have another. I, I also have a wep another weapon, so it's pretty easy for me to leave my sword okay. here mm -hmm. and not oh. become less effective. There you go. Just carry a big stick, dude. Clubs club. are clubs are handy. Cl I have one. Look, I have a club. Get a bigger stick. It's a great club. I have a, I have a knife. It's way better than my like my stone knife that I was using. As uh, so, you leave the sword behind with the following. Yeah. As you travel for the day, basically back to where you had encountered the Kelpie. Uh, the distance is far enough that the following moves slower than the scouts, but they're generally fairly close behind you. It is still going to take you a full extra day there and day back. Uh, but you will leave the following behind you for them to camp up and just rest more or less for another day. 
which they just did while you reconnoitered the lake. So it's, I mean, it's not like they're super hard pressed, but I mean, they will certainly appreciate it. And they can loot it. the boat. They can loot the boat. Get some uh, weird Get some wood. Things. And as the group of you move back down to the western shores of Gleaming Sun Lake here, the burning mammoths slowly begin their advance north into the rolling hills behind them. Is the whole following backing up or just us? That's just the party. The, okay. I assume you can just leave the oh, Yeah, we're just no going to leave the following. All right, all right, all right. All right. Um, for this particular adventure here. Vacation day for them. This is far and away. It's their beach episode. The closest that we have come to the horde since they set upon us at Rockloom. And even with a single day uh, setting backwards onto the lakeshore, you can see them passing uh, by the southern rivers where you had just been three or four days prior. Uh, though their advance is slow, it is continuous. It is unceasing. And they are always closing ground. Uh, but as you approach the shores here, now aided by Farwander, back to where you had found the Kelpie in the first place, uh, the group of you all together with her assistance are able to find a strange patch of reeds maybe 40 yards further east down the shore uh, from where you had made off into the water in the first place. Here, um, this, these strange orange nettles. They're one of the only things I had as a clue to the original origin of this map. These aren't a particularly common plant here, but uh, the map and the condition that it was in, it was in a small pouch, and that pouch had several of these small needles amongst it. Uh, what are hmm. they? Oh, the plants? I don't touch no, them. No, I, I was wondering if I knew what they were, because uh, I'm an herbalist. Uh, yeah, you would know that they are a, this kind of a simple, sort of upright stinging nettle. Not oh, really okay. pleasant to touch. Uh, with your bare hands, but it's not like gonna hurt. It's just gonna get very itchy. Okay, so it would just be the there to the sort day. of discourage somebody from maybe. Well, it's also what grows there. naturally here. Okay. So there, it's just one of the many minor annoyance hazards Is it of the region. Like a clownfish and a sea anemone. You should beware the sea anemone. Their skin is very possibly thick enough that these thin nettles can't penetrate it. So they're definitely your enemy. Pretty thick. I mean, it's that these these nettles are only a problem for. Us. Like you, yeah. Like I mean, losers. mammoths don't care. Tapers don't care. Well, like, tapers don't care about anything. Skin's too thick. Mm -hmm. well, tapers very much care about the things they stepped on when you found them. They're pretty upset about this. But looking through there, after uh, still what ends up being a search of the better part of an hour, the group of you eventually find an entrance a little bit further out, probably 20 feet into the water. Hmm. Uh, well, the water has become too deep for you to easily tread through. And it's not until the sun starts to set and the sheen of the its bright glare across the flat surface of the lake starts to subside. You can see down a little bit through the clear waters to what looks to be an underwater cavern huh. uh, where the water is about 10 feet deep. Oh, that's that's we, really amazing. Are we going down there? Oh, I'll see what I can find out. I'll, I, I'll go. Um. I'm going to turn into a salmon. I'm going to follow her because I'm not letting her go alone. So Hanwe turning into a fish and swimming down into here and Aram also swimming. Yeah. Probably not nearly as proficiently. Head down uh, the 10 feet into this uh, and into this underwater tunnel. Uh, Hanwe, you can feel more than see Aram disturbing a lot more of the water trying to swim along behind you but the entrance to this cave is fairly large it is probably eight feet around and it's not 
super deep. It's only, again, the water's only about 10 feet deep where it is, but it levels out a bit horizontal. Uh, do you have dark vision? Uh, low light. Low light. You'll be able to see enough in the entryway of this tunnel. You can see it only goes back a brief distance before it kind of hooks back up under <clears> the uh, hillock, a uh, rising hillock of the land as it rolls up from this low shore here. Okay. Uh, a decent distance to swim, but not certainly not unmanageable. Uh, and both of you would come to where this opens up into a cavern uh, contained uh, with a, a supply of air. The, the surface of the water here much lower than the lake outside. Huh. Uh, the air having enough pressure to keep that back, just the smallest bit of filtration coming through. So you wouldn't certainly would not be able to stay or camp here. Uh, but it is an interesting little nook. And there are quite a few strange little things in it. There is an old uh, backpack that looks akin to what Pericles of Farwander had, one ornate of worked Ooh. leather, uh, but Look one this. that is definitely a fair bit ancient. That's beautiful. As, it's stitched. As well as a small, like, pyramidal metal flask of something. Um, the top of the flask not being a stopper or a cap, but being almost a twist of this thin metal into kind of almost a handle that looks like it can just be broken off entirely. Huh. Uh, a small alabaster figurine of an angel that's about the, a little bigger than a finger, as well as another one of those flat rune stones that you had found before, though this one inscribed with an intricate and complex white engram. Hmm. 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 Wow, this, this is this is amazing. This is beautiful. It looks like, well, it kind of looks like you, like what you looked like the first time I saw you. I, I thought you might have been any, well, I mean, you know, like an angel. I'm along the pathway. Making me blush. It's only get awkward. Um, I these are pretty. I don't, I don't know what they are. Maybe Ozosh or or or. Amka, well. Well, it looks like um, it looks like magic to me. Um, give me a minute. Um, I have quick identify. Okay. Um, I mean, that looks like a sack. I know that. So let's just go thing by thing. What's your modifier? Uh, nature is a plus eight. Plus eight. So we will start. We will start with. I'll just do the order in the book. Book with the rune stone. Um, which is fairly easy to unwave, as is the purpose of a runestone. That's what they're for. Uh, they're meant to be easy to transmit and easy to understand, as this is kind of like the sellable form of the magic or the portable form. Uh, but the magic contained within this is a very interesting conjuration. Hmm. Though you're not experienced with runes, it's almost ethereal. Uh, the magic within this is tangent to a plane, not our own, not the material, but one very, very close kin to it and would give a weapon that it is mounted on similar almost interplanar properties huh. making it strike as effectively at incorporeal as it would the material it is a ghost touch rune i could pick this up with just my light with your so it it can strike at light uh spirits it strikes at spirit oh so things that are can't be seen. Uh, or perhaps can't be touched. A better way to think of it. I've been told stories of them, but I've never seen one, Hanwi. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this would touch... I feel I could even pick this up if I... Well... I, this would be... This is useful. It, 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 it strikes spirit and not flesh. 
Oh, we should give it to Ozosh. Perhaps. He could make use of it. The, uh, the strange little angel thing uh, that you pick up, this little alabaster figurine, uh, proves somehow even easier to identify, as if the magic contained within it doesn't even need to be coaxed out so much as it just offers itself to you with the slightest provocation as if it wants to be understood to be used to help. Hmm. Uh, this small talisman here contains not a great amount of necromantic energy, but a moderate pulse of healing. Uh, it is a small talisman, a critical success. It is a crying angel pendant, hmm. which is just an armor talisman that triggers when you critically fail to administer first aid to somebody. Uh, allowing you to just regularly fail instead of making it worse in a very <laughs> dire situation. Okay. Um, lastly, there is the small flask, which is non-magical, uh, as well as a naughty, almost fist-sized lump of rigid amber, uh, neither of which appear to possess any magical properties. Okay. Well, the amber is really pretty. It is. Maybe we can make something out of it. Okay. Um, we'll put it in the backpack. What's in the backpack? Um, the backpack that uh, contains, unfortunately, not much. Uh, it's a nice backpack. I can put stuff it, in it. It, it mm -hmm. actually we can put all has, these things in it. Uh, at this point, nothing remaining inside it. It is completely empty, uh, save for a strange sigil that is inscribed upon the top flap uh, in a light gray, almost kind of silvery ink of uh, just a spiraling engram, very rounded, uh, very clearly at odds with much of the rest of the design of the pack. But uh, it's long since been emptied. Well, put yeah. all the stuff in it. Yeah, pack all of it up, Arm. Um, a moment, please. Um, and Hanwi's going to put her hand to her chest and focus, and over the course of a minute, draw out uh, a nimbus of uh, white light, which eventually forms uh, a small sphere in her hand. And What's that? It's, um, it's my light. There's not much left, left of it, but I can draw some power from this still. It's beautiful. Uh, thank you. Um, and touching it, she'll get a focus point back. And uh, from her pet rock, <laughs> effectively. <laughs> it has googly eyes on it. And um, you've never focus point on. Oh, you're transforming, right? Uh, yeah, so I have to take it off of tattoo transformation in order to be able to do well, it. Well, I was wondering if I spent the focus point on, but I forgot it's your wild shape is your focus thing, right? Correct, yeah, yeah, yeah. So instead of sitting here for 10 minutes, I can go one minute, get my focus point back, fish, and, and now fish, yeah. Actually, I think I need to spend another minute to put it back in tattoo form because if I either it's way, a familiar, it's faster than the 10 minutes, either way, it's faster, yeah. Brief little ritual, you have your power restored to you. Uh, I guess we should go back. I think we're ready to go. You think, you think they drowned? I'm afraid they might have drowned. They've been down uh, there for the a little Hanri while. Hanri was a fish, yeah, so you know she was fine. <laughs> I'm pretty sure her arm just drowned. Hanri's fine. I should have tied a rope to him so I could pull him back. Can Maybe they ran into another Kelpie. I hope they didn't, because Arm would ride it, and you're not there to stop it. <laughs> oh, they didn't fish. drown. <laughs> it looks like they're a fight. <sighs> what did you uh. find? Oh, harm caught dinner. Uh, <laughs> hey. <laughs> we found a sack. I have tattoos in fish form, too. You pay attention to that before you eat something. This is for the job we're talking about. You know this, right? Fish 
tattoos. He's you, hungry. You, you put food there. Hey, Virgia, we've it's, got a strange if flask you eat here. Me, I'll give you indigestion. I promise. With strange liquid, why don't you drink it without figuring out what it is but first? With the, uh, with the <laughs> oh, sad no. news for Farwander that there was nothing left of the spiritualist's pack other than perhaps some of these things that may once have been his effects may have been from an entirely different prey of the Kelpie. She is a little disheartened, but still has her map and that's what brought her here in the first place. Do you know what the symbol, the, the spirally thing is? Oh, that's a divine iconography of a different god, Farazma. Uh, she is the mother of birth and death. She controls the life cycle. Oh, well, we have a different name for that god, but I know who you mean. She is, uh, I find, one of the more omnipresent throughout a variety of societies. She holds domain well, everywhere, as she has to. Uh, she very directly controls the river of souls. Yeah. Uh, it's, I don't know, almost the judge of the afterlife, mm. determining where the good will find their paradise and the evil will suffer. Yes, Grandfather Sven watches over us now. And it is thanks to Phrasma that he can. She guides him now. She keeps him safe. Hmm. But, um, is the backpack yours? No, I... I mean, if it's yours, I'll give it back to you. No, it looks... It looks like it belonged to this spiritualist, maybe, but with nothing else, there's nothing more I can tell. I, I, I'm sorry to have can, wasted can, a day's journey for this. But can I keep it? There were it? many interesting things. Oh, of course. You're more than welcome. He'll get really excited, and he'll take it out, and he'll take the things that were in the sack out of the sack and show them to her. I'm glad it wasn't truly fruitless then. Uh, anything of use? Well, I'm not, not to pry, but well, simple for curiosity things. That, what? They were, you're the one who brought us here, who... Who, who, who led us here. It's only fair that you should have some of the things that are inside. Oh, none of these. None of these were mine. These are... I'm simply following. Uh, you found them. Uh, you, uh, apparently, the, some of the people in the Tusks say killed this Kelpie? Mm -hmm. We did, yeah. Was it yep. killing or thrashing around violently until it stopped? That's, that's called, either way. That's called fishing. Oh, that. I know that. That's a common design. The twist-off cap. It's an oil. It's meant to be applied to a weapon. Um, it's a sort of alchemical potency enhancer. You <laughs> twist it off, drizzle it on a weapon, uh, the resin imbues it, makes it stronger for huh. a brief time. Huh. Do you know what this one might do? Uh, I, <laughs> not, not, not much of a weapons expert, I'm afraid. I think it's... Very strange. It, did you open it? Ozash, you should put it in your beard. Oh, you broke it? Oh. <laughs> he puts it in his beard. <laughs> well, it I'm does make it look very shiny. I'm literally not sure exactly what that's going to do. I'll just cross that off the list. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, the camp for the evening. The next day's travels would see the the, the rest uh, the group of you reuniting with the broken tusk following on the northeastern shores of the lake itself as you uh, traveled upwards back to, once again, pass through this hex. Uh, fortunately, the burning mammoths themselves are going to be very much slowed by the hills. They're not 
moving very quickly. They're going to take another day just to fully travel into them. And your plan Beehives. of sandbagging them. <laughs> bandage some. Bandage the, some, foot, some feet. <laughs> your plans to sandbag them and the rolling dolls here do seem to be bearing fruit as you're allowed plenty of time to put distance between you and your pursuers. And we, I suppose, in the interim, will have plenty of time to stand up and take our midstream break. We'll leave lots of sticks with upside-down boots behind for them to find. All has gone very well so far with today's adventures, and I'm sure that the rest of this stream is going to include no difficulties whatsoever. Mm, Everyone's mm. going to be happy, and we're going to simply travail the realms of the Mammoth Lords without any... A horrible we, mortal. I just want to play we with the triplets. Friends. You made friends. Yeah. We made friends. friends. Are good. We made friends. You did make friends. I'm really happy with the friends we made. Thanks for hanging out, everyone. Thanks for being here. Feel free to grab some snacks, top off your drinks, stay hydrated, stand up and stretch your legs. It's usually about 10 to 15 minutes on our midstream break here while we uh, rotate through the snack table in the bathrooms to make sure we're ready to sit here for another couple of hours and provide you with some more definitely non-lethal, perfectly friendly content about meeting new people and then forming lasting bonds. It's, it's okay, my beard be, is shiny it's now. That is all done by good. It's a, it's a <laughs> we got the sword. High school anime. Yeah. High school anime. Oh yeah, we, we're good. Thumbs up for good. Be right back, everyone. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you are prepared for another couple of hours of The Hook and the quest for the Frozen Flame because we... Still have plenty of time to work our way toward towards <coughs> sorry Red Cat Cave, mm. and now also we have new friends to do it with. New friend, friend like Norse Boundary. Singular. Look at this. We went through a thing at the river, and it didn't kill us. See this time. That's true. I killed well, someone. There was a lot of death. <laughs> someone died. It killed a lot of people actually, <laughs> but, but it, it wasn't was you guys. It wasn't you. Was it wasn't me. It wasn't you. That's what matters at the end of the day. So, another day's travel away from the Calpulaire has left us back uh, near this kind of entryway to this pass between the hills and the trees, uh, allowing us our opportunity to forge ahead. And as we do, for the sake of simplicity, I imagine you're just going to be moving twice into that narrow pathway there to the southeast, yep. uh, just kind of around this yep. tree, mm -hmm. yep. um, and then up out of that one as well, because we're just trying to dodge mm -hmm. all of those. Super easy. Across those three days, the Burning Mammoths 2 would move across their uh, hilly terrain, make and off to begin their adventure into the next your three steps mirroring literally one of theirs as the open path that you have set ahead of you has allowed you, you were right, but I'm on the vertex, as the open <laughs> path ahead of you has allowed you to start to once again just pile distance between the two followings. <laughs> as you, idiots. As you continue to move out into the east, you can see in the distance the peaks coming closer. Uh, the grandparents, the twin peaks around a uh, single canyon that leads deeper into the mountain range from this lower terrain, from this ground level that none of you would have ever passed through before. Uh, but certainly it is an interesting and almost, all, well, certainly awe-inspiring natural feature. This mountain range is vast and it is dense and the land spikes up harshly and quickly. Very difficult, near impossible to traverse for a full-size following, especially one with herds, mammoths, livestock, small children, and elderly. There's, it would be mountain climbing. And this passage that's now still probably a week's journey directly east of you here, 
is one of the only visible means of progress. But it is very visible. It's interestingly visible. And as you followed your journey of the Siorn year after year, you can always see it's almost like a gateway into the mountains. Uh, one that in fact has spawned no small number of stories and tales uh, among the Broken Tusk following itself. And now, finally, perhaps getting to fulfill the childhood fantasy of actually seeing what is through those peaks. Mm. Um, as you win the following, continue your march away from Gleaming Sun Lake. You move along stride these hills, and during this day as you pass up, uh, you can see these taller ridges, these more sheer uh, cuts and walls that would slow you and cause you to take awkward, uh, awkward trails, passing away to the left side, fall on the north, falling by as you move. Uh, but you can also see something visible through them a little bit further out in the distance. A herd of cockatrices. A herd of cockatrices. It is a second edition adventure, so there's probably like six of them somewhere. It goes, no. it goes along with the campaign dragon. The yeah, one dragon campaign and one early game cockatrice campaign. I don't know who's super in love with cockatrices over here at the writing team, but uh, <laughs> they are very proud of that animal. They have the good work. They're doing good work. Can we call it the uh, problem player character removal tool. Mm -hmm. it's <laughs> it shows up, pecks this one specific guy three times. I don't, yeah, I would like you to reroll. Boink. All right, reroll. Thank you. It's character building. Uh, but you can see the land is a bit scarred. Uh, and this is would be in this hex that is now to your, to your northwest here. Uh, the land is a bit scarred. And you can see what appear to be remnants of something. Uh, small hafts of spears, handles of weapons, lost heads of axes or scythes, hmm. just kind of dotted throughout the area. This would be more further north than any of you had actually traveled before on your routes. Hmm. Uh, but notably, Amka, Hanwi, and Ozash feel something up there in the region. Do you believe in magic? The three of you feel almost an imbalance in your command of magic. Hmm. Uh, as if something is tipping the scales uh, of the very power that you all pull from, even though they are three extremely different powers. Yeah. Hmm. Is it just me, or do you feel your magic a little... I feel sick to my stomach. Uncomfortable. This yeah. place is twisted. I almost feel like it's... The light almost boils in me. I, even just I feel curious. fine. Uh, Ozash is just gonna... I don't think we use magic there, Verge. He's just gonna randomly cast Detect Magic to see if anything changes. Explosion. And as you, uh, as you cast this divination, you, you definitely feel just in the very air a strange lingering power of conjuration hmm. but you're it's it's ambient it's not coming from anything in particular it's not emanating from anything or to anything it's just there and it's light enough to be difficult to identify anything beyond its school even with prolonged study and this Sirenscape's got the best weird spooky scene music I was, mm. I was gonna ask if I could still attempt uh, arcana 
there would be nothing more you can pull beyond the conjuration school that's here. what i figured okay. thank you to our partner sirenscape uh, all of the music and sound effects that you hear throughout the uh, quest for the frozen flame show is now 100 percent on sirenscape we're using this their music and everything i'm changing my activity from seeking to shield up okay oh yeah you do have a shield but this uh, strange feeling, the only thing you would get from your detect magic, if you were to focus hard enough to make like an arcana check, uh, yeah. make me a check. Go ahead, go and roll me one. Go for it. Say, do it. Roll some dice. Osash is really thinking on this. Eight. He's thinking. Yeah, you got it's. <laughs> the steam is kind of coming so out of It's so light. You, you f the best inclination that you can get is that its source is very far away hmm. and just incredibly well not even necessarily incredibly potent but incredibly expansive hmm. uh, something that could reach you hundreds of yards if not even possibly miles from its source uh, kind of glad I have this sword that can hit invisible things now um, I would assume over the course of four days we could have the fall. yeah you definitely could at this point yeah, certainly yeah, yeah. have the ghost touch rune on mm -hmm. rm sword as well that'd be no difficulty at all because this is really kind of freaking me out i feel like well i'm not sure what's causing this but we should probably keep the following while away from it yeah i want to find the source of it do we have to pass you through find here the source Something isn't right. Yeah. Something so in our lands isn't right. This isn't our lands. All we're way far, our lands. We're way further north than we ever come. But this is the path of the Broken Test nonetheless. Red Cat Cave is part of our lands, our travels. It hasn't been for many years. And that's why these things are happening. Maybe. Besides, if we just leave it be, no telling Could what might happen. There are many twisted things in the world. They need a place to live, too. Our best hope is that it's far away from us. I, Kelpies, I disagree. Do we have to come through this way to get to where we're going? It's the fastest. Um, well, this you this way you're passing now is definitely the fastest. But these strange things that you're seeing as you start to feel this, um, it almost feels off to the side. To to go investigate if it is related to. The only thing you can see out of the ordinary here, which is those these like rolling hills and these strange juts in the land and these bits of look like discarded ancient weapons frozen into the earth, that is actually almost a degree of it's alongside the path, but it is not part of your main path here. Hmm. How much out of our way would it be like just a like day? a hex next to you? So it'll be two days though, because it's a hilly hex to move into it. I believe we have the time if we want to go at least investigate this. Henri, I would feel very uncomfortable having this so close to the path that our following is taking without knowing what it is. Especially for it to be affecting you all from this far away. Well, in this case, I would suggest we post haste and uh, go as quickly as possible towards the source and see if maybe we can uh, remedy the situation. It just doesn't sit right with me. I'm a bit afraid of it. I'm terrified of it. As am I, but it is our duty. As per has broken tusk. Okay. Go. Han, we will protect you. Virgins. You always have. All of you. You you stay right back there, and we're not going to let anything touch you. Okay. All right. Shields up. Let's go. Shield up. Oh. 
going to have your shield up for two days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just bring I'm, us back I'm, over to Arkin Forge in here in this map uh, so I can I can point to where it is that you're, you're looking. You use your uh, laser pointer. As the group of you come to move up, it is this hilly hex with the winding river up behind you. Uh, at the end of this eve, decision that whatever this is is probably best investigated and not left to fester or possibly become more dangerous would seem to be leading you up into the hills the following morning. Um, I'm only going to get a vertex because it is a two-day travel. Uh, as they start to move up, the burning mammoths, again, now making their way ever closer to Gleaming Sun Lake as there seems to be more and more that merits investigation doubling back this is why we bought that extra time. This is why, well, and you've made a bunch. They've, they're just now getting out of the hills that you traversed through to slow them down. That has, bought you, the back and and forth and that has bought you the time that you needed to investigate these uh, strange workings within the region here. Uh, this, by the way, because I didn't talk about the top of the show, Arkenforge, this uh, virtual tabletop here is not just a virtual tabletop. It's also the full map making software. We, of course, are playing Paizo's fantastic uh, Quest of the Frozen Flame, which means we've already got cool maps and stuff. But you can... that ghost cat might be. Don't worry about it. You can fully... <laughs> Don't want to talk about you it. Can... <laughs> Stop that again. You can fully <laughs> custom build your maps in here, and then you've got total editor control while you're working with it. A lot of times you'll see our nice, hopefully here, maybe shortly, some cool spell effects and things on there that you can use to really heighten the experience. We got a cool discount code down there. Uh, and using that code helps us out. Not only gets you a discount on their huge asset packages, but helps support the two perception shows. We can keep doing these things. But two days of journey would bring you up into this region and the horde one vertex closer to the broken tusks. Now, as you move up through these hills, as you travel a bit north, sort of winding a looping path towards your final destination, you see more of these scattered weapons. Frozen in the earth, you see more blackened and rusted blades, bits of armor even. These look to be kit, not of the broken tusks or the burning mammoths or any of the followings of the realm of the mammoth lords, but more like what Pericles would have borne. Ancient weaponry and armor of knights and uh, soldiers. My goodness. Trapped in some kind of battle that must have taken place here ages ago based on the state of what little still remains. But as you see more of it scattered around, the true scope of the battle, or whatever it was that must have occurred here, is impossible not to take into yourselves. You've journeyed through these lands, uh, through these hills, uh, through these small cliffs, for two days, still seeing lost remnants and arms from whatever event had occurred years and centuries past. And though this strange pole of magic becomes stronger on the three of you that can feel it, there is still no obvious indication of its source. Hmm. Well, after so many days, would I be able to attempt to uh, identify it since we're getting closer? Uh, as you feel it now, at the very edge of this aura, you could feel so little 
that it felt almost as if conjuration. Conjuration and necromancy are kind of the two underlying schools uh, okay. that support near all of magic. They're like the basic facets of magic itself. Okay. But that was due really to how little you were exposed to. Closer to this, you can certainly, you can start to see the actual colors in the aura with your divinations. You can determine <laughs> it is an aura of transmutation and you can definitely give me an arcana check. Okay. Much better. Uh, that's going to be an 18. What this is, is a, I'm going to call it a lay imbalance. Uh, you are in a region where the underpinning currents of ma of the magical forces themselves are tipped. They're out of whack. There are various schools of magic, no matter what you call them or how you studied them, there are undeniably six or seven different facets of magic between conjuration, necromancy, divination, etc. Uh, and here, transmutation simply has a stronger share. Imagine it's like a an equal pie split between all of these and transmutation has simply grown to encompass so much of it and in turn uh, it shrinks the rest of the schools. It is it almost certainly has a source somewhere and you don't you feel as if you must be near it but finding it may require another day reconnoitering the area to try and track it down. Uh, can I make whatever that is can I make it my prey like the source of it spe specifically I would say source of weird transmutation magic if that is a physical thing that exists would be your prey it, okay. you could be, possibly have nothing but if it's a thing if it's a thing that can be identified it's your prey yeah. okay but at least we know that we have a much more clear uh destination of where it might be. It just might take yeah. another day for me to find it. That's y all. You've given me yeah. a source to sort of pinpoint so I'm, maybe I can track it a little bit better for us. I'll basically let you make anything your prey. You can make an investigator case. You just don't know whether or not it's even a thing that you'll yeah, ever get a benefit exactly. from. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, based on how close they're getting mm, two days tops is what we can devote to this. If the f Can the following move past this? And then if if we find that they're safe before we find anything, we can just leave. We can the following them. moving through unscouted lands, even lands you just traversed days prior, is a great risk with the Burning Mammoth active in the area. You know the Horde is far behind you, but you've already uh, clashed with their forward scouts before. You really need to be clearing the path immediately before the following. We're losing so much progress on this. That's why we got it early. We've got the time for this. Just... Worst comes we to worst, we can that. always string them along through the hills, make them believe that we're going this way. We can divert them and get them stuck here. There's too much open terrain here. It just makes me nervous. Let's try to be quick, I suppose. So committing another day to look and try to find this source. So the burning, burning mammoths creep ever closer now along the shores of the Gleaming Lake. Who, who wants to uh, roll two attempts to reconnoiter the area. Who wants to make I will the do olden it. perception check? The olden perception check. You can I, make yep. it. I can I, assist. I, yeah, you the assist, one but I, I promise I should be the one to do no, this. No, for sure. Can I, uh, exploration activity, cast a cantrip, guidance, guidance, <laughs> guidance, guidance, guidance. <laughs> you can only get guidance once every 10 minutes. Huh? You can only get guidance once every 10 minutes, so it'd be, you're spending the day reconnoitering, you would, right? 
So uh, he'd be getting it for six seconds every ten minutes. Uh, it's actually every hour. <laughs> yeah, so no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> give me the aid first. Got these sick Norse foundry dice. Bloop. I forgot. I even talked about it at the beginding. I got distracted because I was gonna. I was gonna go into my <laughs> stuff. This is why I don't get to roll with this cool Malachite gem Norse foundry die. And then I got distracted because we went off on the lore of our frickin' d20s. That's why I forgot. But Norse foundry, another one of our fine partners. Got a whole bunch of fancy dice. We got a discount code down below. They got metal. They got gem. They got glass. Discount code works on everything. Uh, what you get? Definitely rolled a hard one. Definitely Ooh, rolled a hard negative one. Negative one, my friend. Mm-hmm. This is why we don't um, let me helping. Roll. Guidance. Guidance. So, this is what I was hoping would happen. I rolled a five. And I feel like this is a critical moment. Players that are rolling a check. Oh, this is the one. Reroll the check twice. Take the best result. It's a fortune effect. If you still fail, you're doomed one. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Reroll it twice. It's the best. Yes, oh, natural twenty in the nineteen. Wow! <laughs> wow! <laughs> Value. That's Actually, hot sorry. successes. Oh, sorry, this no is this doom is. for me today. I'm gonna consider that's a freaking critical moment right there. I've ever seen one. <laughs> and nice. Uh, also, I don't know if they just haven't updated the bot or if these codes still work. But Paizo's also got these like PaizoCon discounts yeah. that they're still posting about in chat. So I would hope they're still functional. Hmm. I'm going to work on the assumption that they're still functional. Mm. Um, the 20 was on the uh, kill us dice, by the way. By the way. Yeah, that all the only thing that it knows is murder. <laughs> uh, murder is that check. But, mm -hmm. yeah, with the net 20, uh, as you continue to oh, spend, here it is. <laughs> <laughs> spend much of the day exploring the region. Again, this is big, rocky chunky hills. This is like New Mexico, Rocky Mountains mm -hmm. terrain. Um, you can't, you don't have a great sight line anywhere because none of the peaks are high enough to really see out over anything, uh, but everything is craggy and jagged enough to make, to just ensure that you never are seeing much more than like a mile or two around your area. But as you explore, you come across a uh, much lowered dale with a massively increased concentration of weapons and armor. Uh, this canyon appearing to have certainly been uh, the heart of whatever battle there once was here. And uh, even as this comes in sight, before you see anything, the three of you can feel this has to be the source of this. It must be. And in this desolate valley, it is stark and in contrast from the rest of the area around it, nothing grows in its desolation. Oh. There's nothing but these fragments of rusted metal, like weeds protruding from the churned earth, frozen into furrows over many icy winters. But in the middle of the battlefield, there is a small monument. It looks like an inverted cone of black basalt. And you're balanced on its tip, standing upright about four feet tall. And not so much balance as it's just like a spike that has been embedded into the earth and now still uh, rises four feet above the crust of the ground. A flat circular top facing the sky. <sighs> Atop this cone, there are three metal battle standards that are kind of propped, like almost like a tripod, supporting a human-sized effigy made of leather and wood. And hanging atop that is a fine silvery metal round shield, almost like a flag. Wow. Huh. Mm. 
Well, that doesn't look ominous at all. So, uh... Looks extremely ominous. <laughs> guys, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and say that we might be in the right place yeah. now. Good job. So, Good job, Verge. Way to find the scariest thing humanly possible. Uh, uh, so... All right, everyone, uh... To the scrapyard. Yeah, stay behind Verge yeah. and I. And we have... And, 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 oh, and, and, and Ozosh, yeah. Stay yeah. behind Verge and, and Ozosh, yeah. You're coming in this from the, the southwestern edge here is where you would have found the area. As you look around, that's generally about how big it is. It's a, it's not a massive canyon, uh, but the cliffs around much of it are, again, these kind of sheer rock falls that jut up. And you can see that little effigy near the center. But what are you all doing? You've got your shield up, Arm. Looking. You're looking, Amka. Recalling knowledge. Recalling knowledge. Spooky. Uh, Hanwi is so on edge, she's scouting. Scouting? Ozash? Shield up. You got a shield up as well. As the group of you slowly move up into the clearing, you want to move them maybe like 20 feet in as where they're looking around. You, even those of you now with no magical talents whatsoever, can feel something amiss in the air. You can feel almost a physical tension, like a, the tiniest vibrations up through your feet traveling through the earth. You feel that, Verge? As much as I don't want to. And as you do, you can see some of these weapons and bits of armor. You swear out of the corner of your eyes, like uh, out of the corner of your eyes, you can hear them. You can hear them fall over. Things that must have been left immobile, uh, frozen in the earth for ages are just now shifted enough for armor to collapse out of the ground, for the blades of swords to snap and their hilts to tumble into the frozen earth. There are a couple of them almost seeming to move wholly of their own volition. Guys, I think we got company. Prepare to yourself. And with just moments to ready, several of these weapons don't fall down, but almost seem to turn, to flip cast up from the earth and jittering jagged motions as they tremble in the air all seemingly pulled almost by unseen puppet strings with only one thing in common their blades turned towards the group of you uh, i'm gonna need uh, everyone to roll me some initiative so i don't have any spooky... makes sense oh han we was so freaking ready for something to go wrong oh yes four of them right not the middle way i yeah, will take that starting, right? Huh? You're scouting. I'm scouting. Right? Yep. Good. So plus one. Plus one. Yeah. Hami sees these swords moving. She like shrieks and points well, I at them. Animated weapon thing. So these are just small tokens. Um. Burl. Uh. So. <laughs> <laughs> sure. What is your arcana or crafting, Amka? Uh, um. Crafting is a plus four. Crafting is a plus four. As far as you can <clears throat> tell, fortunately, it doesn't look like. There's a ghost wielding these or anything. No one, like, no intelligent force is coming to arm. These aren't moving in a cohesive or coordinated fashion. It just seems that some kind of magic, very possibly this latent rift of transmutation that you now all can feel, has seeped into them and has animated the blades themselves. Um, there will be no more. There is no. It doesn't look like there's any secret force to strike down. They are very literally just floating magical weapons yanked about by this imbalance and lay energy. Strike the weapon. <clears throat> so, uh, Aram. Uh, with scouting, it's a 24. 24. Perja. Nine. 
I got a one. Oh, okay. 19. Ozosh. 20. And Hanwi. 26. Ooh, Hanwi was super ready for action. Roll Spooky die. stuff. Roll the 17. Ah. Alrighty. Yeah. Um, and our swords. Swords. I think a 17. Which will only put them in here. Again, they don't seem to be quick. Uh, again, they're jerking and jumping. So, Hanwi, you'll definitely be the first reactor. Uh, the s- swords. Yeah, they're moving. Uh, we noticed. Light guide you. Um, so, guidance on Aram, guidance on Verja, guidance on Ozash. Touch everyone. <laughs> All right, Aram, you got your shield uh, raised before you, and <clears throat> it is your turn. Um, Aram uh, will advance uh, forward a little uh, toward one of the swords um, and with uh, a single uh, draw, quick draw, uh, will draw his sword out um, and uh, take a quick flurry uh, and smash into these two things. Okay. So you're going to denote them as your prey. These are not your prey. These are not the source yeah, of the Sara. Th- that's fine. Okay. Uh, that's still going to be a uh, 24. Uh, 24 is definitely going to hit it. And then... Uh, it's going to be a minus 3. So uh, minus eight, five. 18. Minus 5. What do you mean? It's I... not your prey. Oh, yeah. Minus 5. Sorry. Uh, so... Uh, well, it's going to be a 16. Uh, 16 will still hit this kind of jerky floating sword here. Okay. Um, this is uh, the thing with the ghost touch on it. Okay. I believe that is a tangible sword. It is just a sword, yeah. The ghost touch does not help you. Hmm? Yeah, it's just a floating sword. I mean, it's not a, yeah. It's not incorporeal. You hit it, you're definitely clanging on steel. No, no, I'm hitting the thing. I don't want to hit. Like, uh, I want to hit whatever it's touching. Like, it's, there's got to be. It's just a floating sword. Oh, it's just oh, a floating well, sword. Oh, okay. Well, you, no, no. That's fine. You walk up, your first attack misses as oh, you okay. just swing at nothing behind the sword, trying to see if there's some force holding it. Okay, then yeah. And then as that's... your sword cuts through nothing, your second attack is going to land on the floating okay, blade. That's, that's fine. That's fine. That makes more sense. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> max damage, so 11 damage. And with 11, your second swing as it, as it comes back. This blade's still ancient and rusted, almost curved from how long it's been rest, uh, resting in the earth. Your own blade smashes right through it, completely shattering it in half with a small spray of metal uh, splinters and a loud ping as the two pieces drop down to the earth. Ozash. Well, Ozash is gonna look at the uh, other two in front of him and you just see lightning start to crackle in between his fingertips and parts of his beard, and he goes, and he casts lightning arc on those two. And these two swords, as they jank to life, with a 24 on the first one and a 16 on the second. Uh, they both pass. Uh, so I think they... Take half. They, they, they take half, so. mm-hmm. They take one damage. <laughs> As your sword kind of glances, uh, your electric arc glances across the swords, rather, mm-hmm. uh, you see where this connects jumping between the two of them, their strange motions, and even their metallic nature, giving 
awkwardly small targets to actually latch onto as they're caked in dust and rust. Uh, it almost just blasts and cleans off two little sections of sword, uh, peeling away, away little bits of this rust and dirt. Uh, that's actually going to do no damage to them. Hmm. Electrolysis. Hmm. Good to know. Well, I am just going to keep my shield raised and uh, hold instead my crown. Okay. Um, Hanwe, while you're looking at this, forget the Omka. Maybe a perception check real quick, because you were seeking. Uh, Hanwe gets a 21. The 21, as you throw out your guidances and look around to assess the battlefield here, you can see a couple more of these weapons scattered throughout the field, kind of showing smaller signs of the same animation, swords flipping over of their own accord, just turning on the ground, uh, ones that are staying sort of pivoting lightly. I think there's going to be no end to these until we get to the center. Amka. I'm going to step up between these two boys. Oh, there's nothing actually controlling the swords. It's as if the swords themselves have nine, so strike at the weapons. Um, produce flame on the closest one. And uh, his, uh, her words echoed by Aram's first swipe at just absolutely nothing, uh, showing there is clearly no connection to these at all. Uh, give me your attack, sir. Die, so it'd be a total of a 21. 21 will hit. Oosh. Yes, I'm bad. Hard time. Guys. A hard time over here. For max damage, so for eight damage. Uh, eight damage as your fireball collides with this. Uh, you see uh, the head of this axe literally start to bow and sag from how much damage it's, or how much it's already suffered to the elements as the heat softens this weakened and brittle metal. And as this flash of heat dissipates and the cold air around it takes again, it just snaps off entirely and falls onto the ground. And the two remaining weapons, they're not fast, uh, but in desynced, strange tandem jerking motions. This spear sails over, taking two actions to get to Aram, um, as this other Bardiche, its haft sagging and clicking across the ground, sails out towards Ozash, also taking two actions, each of them only getting one single swipe uh, or thrust <clears throat> for this spear as they arrive at their targets, thrusting down to Aram for a 14. Uh, Aram uh, kind of haphazardly kind of knocks it aside, expecting it. And as you hit this one and just don't destroy it immediately, sort of defensively, you find yourself able to very easily move it through the air. There is truly no force behind these at all. You spin what? it around. What the heck is this? Um, and the Bardish swinging down towards Ozash for a 23. Uh, that is a hit, and Ozash will definitely block a good chunk of it. Okay. Um, it's going to do three damage. How much? Three. Three. And you find yourself very uh, easily able to yeah. ward off like a similarly kind of weak assault from this weapon. With your shield up, the blade hits. You've got your shield there, and it, it literally the <clears> weapon's heft sags it aside and pangs against your shield before just sliding off and slowly riding itself up once more. Mm. There's a. Is this the weird basalt thing? Yes. The, uh, the kind of, yeah, it's sort of on the map there, the, the pile of the little yeah. swords thing. Yeah, that's that's our basalt thing. All right. Run for it, I got you covered. I'm just gonna go to it, seeing as these are not exactly 
threatening anyone. Uh, everyone seems to be dealing with it quite well. I'm just going to go over to it with two actions. Mm-hmm. And um, remind me, it's a shield on top of a basalt upside-down pyramid. Yeah, it's an upside-down pyramid. It's about four feet up, so it comes up to about your chest. And atop that are three battle standards. There's like a tripod that are supporting what would now be above your head level, a wooden leather kind of effigy of a human with another... So half poking out of its backpack with a silvery rounded shield hanging out from that what's probably like 12 feet overhead total. The whole thing together ends up pretty tall. What are the things holding it up made just, out of? Uh, they look like wooden, uh, wooden poles. Smash. And as you bring your uh, war pick very easily just smashing through these ancient rutted halves. coming to my level. Yeah, they just absolutely topple, uh, dropping this effigy down onto the top of this cone, the pole and its back collapsing, the shield falling onto the ground. In a single strike, all of this just collapses atop the basalt pillar. And as it does, the uh, leather cap atop the humanoid effigy spins in place for a bit longer than would be normal atop this uh, strange basalt plinth before rising up at an angle and blasting out uh, a strange flickering pale light. It's not a single pulse. It's two pulses back together seeming to almost emanate from where eyes would be. And flickering for a moment, they stabilize into a hideous projected visage across the front of whatever this thing is, and it's going to roll initiative. Um, so we're going to get a 19, so that's going to put it right in here, I believe. Opka got the 19? I got 19. Yeah. As it looks cool. begins to animate. The sound of rolling dice is like music in the air. Nope. And as it does, Hanwi... Uh, for probably simplicity's sake, so I'll have to remember at the start of everyone's turn, just everybody make me a will save. It's going to be at the start of your turn anyway. Is it a magical effect? Yes. Okay. That... You already bad. used your reaction to shield block. You don't have superstition. Oh, it's a reaction? I thought it was just a standard... Uh... But you do have a hero oh, point. That's a nat 20. From and let's get everyone on even footing again. Ooh, yes. Hey. I got a 25. Shoot through. Hmm, that doesn't sound familiar at all. <laughs> that one keeps coming back. Hmm. Apparently. Okay. 19. Um, 19 succeeds just. That's, for me, it's going to be a 14. 14 will fail. Nat 20. Will critically succeed. Um, 25. 25 will regularly succeed. 18. 18 will, that's the, that's the DC. Woo! 18 will regularly succeed. I rolled um, an 18. So... <laughs> Four regular, oh, the three regular successes, you are frightened one. Okay. Uh, Ozosh on your failure, you are frightened two, and yes. even as this, this Butterdeesher kind of slides across your shield, you find your attention drawn by this flickering face across the battlefield, and you are fascinated additionally oh. by this strange thing atop the pillar. Lovely. Uh, so Hanwi. Um, Hanwi's going to look at this thing, and um, images are going to kind of flash to her mind. She's going to get a flash of insight. Trust me, I know this. Play at the start of your turn, I gain automatic knowledge feat for any one skill. If you have automatic knowledge and use the feat to attempt to recall knowledge this turn, use it one degree successive better than the result of your roll. So I'm going to get a free, free action recall knowledge on this. Okay, thing. and you can just roll it because if you critically fail, you fail, right? I have to. So, all right, so I looked up 
um, automatic knowledge. That's prerequisite is this assurance. This is a lot of work. If you critically fail, you fail. So you kind of want to research a card. You got. You can just. Well, roll I did. It. I, did look I didn't it. realize that was the thing that you were looking up. That's a hero point card. Just, just do it. You gain. A, you just have it. All right. So uh, if you if it's a critically fail, you fail. So I'm not gonna have to lie to you, regardless. Okay. So throw cool. it. What's cool. the skill? Um, there is Arcana or crafting. Hmm. 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 Still a construct. Ah, I get a three. So I think it's a normal failure. It's a regular failure. Yeah, that's a construct, probably. Yep. All right, lovely. Three actions left still, though. Three actions left still. Uh, yeah, no, uh, did that's that something weird, something weird around here. I don't, I don't like that. And she just raise her hands up, and this ball of crackling storm is oh, gonna no. fall. Okay. And she's gonna <laughs> fling it out and hopefully do better than when I was trying to hit the Kelpie with this stupid thing. It's a three action Horizon Thunder Sphere. Okay. With Bam. a name like that. Bzz. Uh, oh, that's a good Ooh. roll on the die. All right. Oh, nice. So spell attack roll minus uh, one for being frightened. That's going to be a 25. 25 will hit. Beautiful. Yay. Yay. Yep, go for Get it. Get a little zappa. Zippity zappa. The metal inside him attracts lightning. Uh, so it's going to take 15 lightning damage. Pretty good. Zappy. It's definitely just going to take all of that. As uh, Verja, you see this fall down. And uh, as you ready your sword for whatever is going to be, this blast of lightning surges over your corner, uh, like a thunderbolt <laughs> ripping through the metal parts of this thing's frame. Huh. That's three so action that's, horizon thunder. That's three action horizon thunder. Ben Arum. Because we haven't seen that hit yet, so I'm just like, huh, that's what that does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you saw me blow up like eight burning mammoths no, with it. And Darmasen's got, yep, that's a construct. Here yeah. you go, Hanley. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Did it. Channel life force. Nice. There's always something left to burn. Oh, that sounds that sounds lovely. That sounds like a floating card to me. Well, actually, it's. <laughs> right, this will be super useful next level. Everyone, courage! Ancestors, protect us! And he'll go charging at that thing. Uh, Snooma! And he'll uh, smash at it. Do you have 30 uh, speed? I do not. So it's going to take two moves to get there. It's going to take can, you two moves, it, but yeah. I'm going to get it. And taking a big swing. I'm taking a big swing. Swing. Big swing. That is a 19 on the die, so that's going to be a 27. 27 will hit it. You did it. Big swing. Big swing. Big swing. Uh, it's going to be nine points of ghost touch damage. All right, and as you strike it, um, your sword cleaving pretty easily through the leather that makes up most of its of its form here. These wrapped around scraps of pauldrons and uh, leather hauberks and greaves that are making up this thing, cutting it through fairly effectively. And that brings us to Ozosh. Oh my God! Look well, at this guy. Uh, Wait a minute. This man wait, is. Look at uh, this mad lad here. What is happening? I, I think one for each of us that is what's happening. Like a what a what a what chat. chat! That's not even footing, Dalvin. Two for this side of table. Pick your poison. And three for this end. I love this man. Gear everyone up. Gear everyone up. Thank wow. you for the support. Ooh. Endure the onslaught. Hmm. Last second sidestep. Fluid motion. Healing prayer by the light of the dawn flower. Need help reading yours? You can't read. It's a lot of things. Uh, strike true. You've got one chance to make it count. Uh, 
This is gonna be fun. May fire right, temper Ozash. you and blades harden your resolve. Oh, new dude, dude, dude. Why are you, you like that? Jeff is about to play too. I'll take that daring attempt. Oh, man. Solid. All right. Well, because I'm fascinated that I have to go towards it. You have a deck of status condition cards that you had one almost full of Believe it or not, to read fascination through. is not in there. Really? Got you. Oh, never mind. You found it. Well, in my it's deck, not it in Mom, there. we're out of milk. Opens the fridge, milk. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, was no, it in my yeah, pile? To the, be uh, no, if you, you can't use any concentrate actions that don't include this thing as your target, so you can't cast a spell on anything but it. But I you mean, can just like swing your problem. weapons at the party that's attacking you. That's still fine. Yeah. Well, let's see. Because you can't like you can't take your focus fully off of it. Yeah. Well, since that's kind of the source of this thing anyway, I'm gonna. I'm definitely too far away. Well, I might as well take two actions to get to it. Rush the plinth. Just running Don't towards worry. it. You're the new front line. I'm the new front line. You got this. I mean, I mean we have arguably seen that these are not actually. Still, yeah, they're not that big a deal. To, to you. Oh, that's right. I'm still feared two as well. So you are feared two. Yes, yeah. so minus two on your roll here. Yeah. Well, he's just gonna smack it with his axe because that's all we can really think of. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's still pretty good though. Uh, that's going to be uh, dirty twenty. Dirty twenty hits. It's only just. It's only but it just. hits. Let's see. Did we find the DC? No. One D eight. So that's going to be six damage. Uh, and what weapon are you using? Remind me My what axe. You have? Do you have an axe? Yeah. Yeah, your, your axe also equally well uh, well equipped to just chop through the leather body of this thing. Uh, you and Aram together uh, starting to cut large hacks into the thing's body, uh, but not bearing as deeply as you feel like. They, I mean, it's, like I said, it's leather armor. Most of what it's built at is, is a cured hide, and it seems much more resilient than these rusty, broken weapons that were floating around previously. And uh, at this point, this flickering visage immediately becomes fearsome as the light erupts uh, with a bright emanation of pale orange glow. Uh, even with the sun high overhead, its light illuminating the battlefield further than it was before. Uh, kind of offsetting, um, just Verja actually, because it's whoever you beat in the initiative, kind of offsetting just Verja a little bit as you haven't really had an opportunity to prepare yourself for this. Uh, and it reaches out with one jagged metal hand, swiping this claw down towards you. And you are frightened, frightened Uno. Yeah. Um, and I have two, not really for the GM cards, huh. that I'm going to go ahead. I got one good one and two not really GM territory that I'm going to place into the deck there in order to re-roll this. Hmm. The Malachite comes out with a 24. That'll hit. And as this thing swipes, its claws seeming almost supernaturally sharp as they easily flick through what flesh they can reach, dealing 19 points of damage. Um, I'm going to play at any time and during the onslaught. Okay. As you hear Amka behind you shout out a prayer to Sister Cinder, you have resistance 5 to all damage. 14 <laughs> points of damage. Start of my next turn. Very nice. And this thing is just going to uh, continue 
to set upon this target that has disturbed it, ripping with one hand and now the next. As it swipes no, with the yeah, you're gonna get a lot of value. This is not smart enough to change targets. Uh, as no, it, this is good for that card that I just got. Rips with a second claw. Ooh, that's big numero 27 to hit on that one. Not a crit. If you are flat footed, is it? Would I be flat footed? Mm, you would be. This uh, distracting light that flashes out from its uh, head kind of puts you on the back foot here. You are also flat footed. Ah, then I would be. That would be a crit. Resistance, Resistance five. five. I As, don't believe uh, it'll matter for a crit. The second, uh, hey, it matters. It's five less. Uh huh. Yeah. If you roll poorly. You gave 38 me. points That's of That's more than my max. <laughs> Is it really? With Is resistance, that would almost take me down from max. Yeah, it's 38. It's a big hit. Um, Wap. Wap. And uh, the prayer's not being quite enough as Verja drops, and then Aram is not afraid. Ozosh is afraid. He's only frightened one now, because it was his turn. He's also no longer uh, fascinated. That only lasted for one turn. Uh, so he is going to swing his last claw down towards you. You haven't had an opportunity to bring your shield up, and uh, this strange amalgam is going to take a desperate swing. Make a strike, ignoring the multiple attack penalty. Um, but nah. it cannot critically succeed. Oh, okay. wow. Oh, that's, that's actually... That's I'll take that at this that's point. Fine. That's, that's fine. That's fine. It's going to get the full attack bonus, but it can't crit you. That's all that... Act, that's actually good. That's fine you by me. You have a chance to raise. It's true. Um, not a fantastic roll. It's only going to be an 18. Ozos just sees it in just... Oh, wait. I'm, fear one doesn't do anything to AC, right? Yeah, it does. Minus one. one. Okay. Just enough to make oh. it... Just enough to hit me. I was going to get... Because the failure effect is if he misses, the commitment drops him prone. Mm -hmm. um, but with the feared one, just getting it in there and it's going to just slash you for 20 points of damage. This thing absolutely eviscerating whatever it lays hands upon. Oh, geez. Well, Ozosh takes a giant gash in the chest from that one. And again, you see its claws as it swipes almost just like Ooh. you were ghosts, almost fully, like, full force, not even slowed by slashing through your armor or your flesh. Umka. <clears throat> I, I don't think it's wise to stand next to it. Let it just attack you. I'm gonna move up to be just within range of my man who is dying. Um, but a lot of Sister Cinder rays. I'm gonna cast. I told you we'd had an episode without anyone going to dying too. We had to fix that. Dying too. <laughs> dying too. <laughs> um, we cast a heal on him. To action heal, we get the D8 out. Can I ask? Well, no. 11. Yeah, 11. Oh, perfect. He lives. And then these floating weapons, both seeming to just drift somewhat aimlessly. The one nearest to Amka, this Bardish, going to bring itself forward and then around with a sweeping slash. And I guess the other one also to Amka. Um, I can barely, I can get there in one move, but with a lazy thrust. Uh, their first pair of attacks... 2020? 1920. 1920. Mm -hmm. hey. um, 26 and 25. Crit and crit. Was he, was he 15. 15. Oh. Everyone's I, just like, yeah, these things aren't a threat. I saved this heal just for you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I watched him go down. The good news is, well, Amago's fully committed to bringing Verja back up. You in the back, Conway, see both of these weapons just converge on her. 
there's prepare. just not a lot of there's just not a lot of force behind them. Yeah, they, they got her right in the liver. <laughs> get completely open hits, um, and it's gonna be eight and eight, so sixteen damage total. Amka, mm. cover yourself. Even with the crit, they're not that dangerous. Yeah, eight eight was the crit on both of them. Um, hmm. We did see one hit for three, so. Ironically, she can't take another thing. <laughs> I can't take that again. Yeah. To be fair, that wouldn't feel good to anyone. No. no. There and is a sharp pointy bit inside of me. The two of them continuing mm -hmm. the Bardish, catching and just pulling through, spiking back with the uh, pike across its tip, the sword stabbing and kind of lazily <clears throat> pulling out sideways as its second attack. Just because it doesn't hurt you doesn't mean it doesn't um, hurt others. Is a seven and an eleven to hit so on the second swing. It, that, that does not hit. Uh, yeah, they, they, they get I, the, not um, kind of shocks to uh, shocks to action here. You are notably still frightened. One, it did not reduce to zero. Okay. Verja. Oh, it didn't reduce. Yours goes down to one. Okay. But doesn't go to zero. Okay. Oh boy, I'm at less than one third HP. Yep. So I'm gonna stand up. I'm gonna rage, and I'm gonna hand you a card. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> the man was excited when he started getting waylaid. Strike true. Read the whole thing, please. The target uh, the target rolls twice, takes the higher result. The strike deals an extra die of damage on a hit if the attacker has less than half, or two extra dice if they have fewer than a quarter of their maximum hit points. <laughs> you have 11, what's your max? My max is 36, so I only get the extra You get dice, one extra. But that is still a you get, really nice card. You get nice to roll card. twice, you get to roll with fortune, and you get an extra die of mm -hmm. weapon damage. Dang. I'm raging. And wow. you raged. Oh. He got up and he's pissed. <laughs> He kind of walked over like, what's this? Don't. He, he got up, up this morning and chose violence. <laughs> He's My turn. You got sucker punch. Oh, man. Oh, dropped one. That's what looks to be seven. That is a seven. That's 13. 13 will go to a 20. 20. Ooh, 20 will hit. Mm. All righty. Frightened one's a little crippling. Mm-hmm. So, I get... <laughs> I love the thought. Just one extra damage dice, right? Yes, yeah, so if you see Virgin get knocked down, I'm going to rush up to heal him, and he just wakes up screaming. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty average. Uh, it's like a kid a beast and famine, a one and a ten, uh, so 16 damage. So war pick piercing? Yes. So your pick is not performing nearly as well as the sword and the axe of some of your companions. Uh, between these kind of ramshackle metal bones of the construction of this thing and the thick leathers around it, you can punch in, but that's definitely going to do, it's not going to be doing the full damage it resists piercing. Uh, but it's gonna do most of it. Still a pretty solid hit. And Hanwi. Uh, oh gosh, Amka. Uh, uh, so is she still, am I still frightened one? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, get, get away from her. Uh, and, uh, generate, uh, uh, ice will kind of rhyme over her hand as, uh, the magic's a little unstable. Uh, her flesh will almost kind of move liquidity and she's we're flashing out a light of, uh, moonlight to rhyme ice over one of them for a ray of frost. Okay. 
I want a sword, I assume, yes? Yeah, yet the... No, um, or the Bardisha Despair, yeah. Yeah, the sword of the Bardisha. Um, I don't think any of them have been the, yet. I think the one that's not a Bardisha is flip-flop between being a sword and a spear uh, pretty consistently. So yeah, <laughs> take your pick. Weapon. We'll go with that one because I, I, I haven't, we haven't been constant on what weapon it is. So get it out of here. Perfect. Write it out of my Sounds story. Let's, let's, I had the shifting ahead. rune on it. Oh, all right. <laughs> pretty sure it's poop. Uh, that's a uh, 25. Oh, 25 will hit. Ah. It's one off critting. Frightened! <laughs> Curses! Now you know. Ah, it works on my end too! Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how it feels. Give me a zero villain points, right? Because I definitely just blew all of them in that round. That went nuts. Uh, six points of cold. Six points of cold damage. You are going to see this rhyme grasp around mm. this floating spear sword thing. Uh, we'll go with spear. I think that's what it was in the first place. Mm. Uh, and you will see it catch in like the rot and the rust around the blade and the haft. Uh, it's gonna be pretty reduced because you're like the ice doesn't do nearly as much damage like breaking a thing as it does hitting a, a person. This is we're literally just attacking a weapon, mm -hmm. but it's gonna do enough that you see the spear crack, half of it kind of hang, half of the haft at an angle now, uh, and the tip twist and one side of it flake off entirely. Uh, it is visibly damaged and weakened from this attack. If one action left. Uh, Hanwi is going to reach back and pull off a disc of woven wicker, which she uses as a wooden shield. And she's just going to hold that in her hand. She has it. She has the it. The thought to get it up is coming. Yeah. Aurum. Cursed being, go back to the foul pit from whence you came. Then it's foul pit. Oh, he'll there? smash through it with his sword, um, and he'll come up again and take another smash through it. Right, give me some attacks. Are you making it your prey, or does it not need to be your prey to hunt it? Oh, you know what? I never made the stupid thing my prey. I'm gonna make it my yeah, prey. Yeah, so I was then like, I'm I just wasn't sure because yeah. I'm not positive. I then I'm gonna take. Play. I'm gonna take a smash at it. Okay. I, I know it really affects a modifier, excited. but I don't know if it's not being freezing flurry entirely. I forgot if whether or not me designating the source of Yeah, this is also not it. the source of that. This okay, is a product, that's, so. Okay, that's what my question. Um, That is going to be a two. Uh, Arm gets really excited, and he <laughs> kind of just swings, and he's like, uh, no. And um, then... I'm going to take my second. Which is a 19. Which is I'm somewhat... sure a 19 is going to hit and not crit. Even yeah. with your, your penalty. Yeah, so that's going to be a uh, 25. It hits and does not crit. Yeah. When I say that, you can just go to the damage step. Sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to, to save you a little bit of math. She wants to do the math. Let me do my math. Math is fun. Uh, it's going to be seven points of damage. All right, and with this kind of second slash of yours cutting through, uh, as you hit it, it kind of stumbles a bit. You knock it a bit off balance. It seems to be as much levitating like the weapons as it is physically standing there in this light, this pale orange glow emanating out from the head, still with this horrified uh, face glowing out like a beacon from the front flashes like a dying light bulb for a moment, pulsing out even brighter before returning to a kind of flickering stability. You got one action left? Uh, she'll raise. And that will bring us to Ozash. <sighs> the last hit king of the quest of the frozen flame. <laughs> Time to smite this evil being. 
Samoy, Hiti, blazes his axe and produce flame spell strike. That was pretty good. Nice. That's good. We'll take I it. I mean, it's still minus one from fear. Yep. So that's a that's a dirty 20. Dirty 20, you'll hit him. Woo, woo. Um, and as you strike, if you want to roll the dice, because big numbers are cool. I mean, big um, numbers are cool. This ancient cured and dried leathers that, that make up its body catch nearly instantly. It is very weak to fire. Uh, as you hit it with this produced flame, and as your axe comes through, it is going to catch and ignite uh, this effigy now almost a burning scarecrow atop the plinth. How much did you do? Well. A lot? 12. 12, and then it's weak, so it's a good deal more than that, too. And Ozash, what happens to it? So as he's, you know, he's still frightened, he's still really bloody, he, he just ignites his axe as quickly as he can, and he just throws, you know, like, even with, like, stumbling, and stepping into the axe strike because he's been so beaten up. He puts all his body weight into the strike and just literally sees the flame ignite and envelop this thing as he it also slices in two and just watches it fall apart. As you strike it, this light flashes out, out once more as the effigy no longer held together uh, by whatever strange forces were binding it just collapses into its requisite parts just a pile of scrap metal and leather on the ground. Um, this pulse, you all feel another shift in the uh, the energy in the air as its uh, intensity almost redoubles once again. This uh, lay imbalance of the transmutation and pulls back into the base salt pillars, causing the floating spear and the bardiche to just sort of slowly drift and stick back down into the frozen earth once more as well. Uh, they were in no way controlled by this creature, but striking this blow here at the epicenter of this effect, the magic is almost recalled, refocused, and again redoubled where you are. I kicked the bar. Is everyone okay? Burzash, you gotta stop. You gotta stop dying, man. And upon that, Ozash actually falls to one knee and he's breathing very heavily. <sighs> so the magic's still out of whack here. That's even more, even more than it was. Knocking yeah. over the pillar. Uh... The pillar is, uh, so you, you go to push on this pillar and as you, you throw yourself into it, it's only like chest high. You, it does not budge a millimeter as you push against it with all of your might. Its connection to the earth doesn't seem to be much more than a small dish with a point that's buried in the into the frozen topsoil, but it does not even budge. What's the shield made out of? Uh, as you look at it, it's a it's a, a silvery metal of some kind. It doesn't appear to be steel. It's lighter, uh, both in coloration and weight than that. Hmm. Hmm. That wouldn't be good for breaking this. This is. This is... I feel sick. <laughs> this is uncomfortable, but here. Um, I'm going to try to dig out the bottom of the plinth to see if it connects to anything beneath it. So, digging... Digging is not... This isn't Florida. Um, yeah. <laughs> the permafrost in the soil is just beginning to thaw as spring comes. Uh, even excavating based on the shape of the cone, what would be here to the tip is like the work of a day without proper tools. Even with proper tools, like even for what you guys can get, it's not gonna make it that much easier. The soil is hard packed and rough. Uh, getting anything more than the top 
few inches off is incredibly laborious as it's now then hard packed ice stone. Do we get the sense that this is the center of it or is this just like a... Give me a moment as he carefully pulls himself back up and then he just kind of focuses. From here, there is no roll necessary. The magic, while it's interesting, usually an incredibly powerful aura is difficult to weave because through its power there is complexity. Uh, High-leveled runes, powerful artifacts, Pericles' sword. These things are layers upon layers of spellcraft and enchantment. Um, This is not that. This is an incredibly overwhelming, powerful force, but it is raw and it is singular in nature. Uh, It is literally impossible to misidentify what this is, as it is almost a primal force. Uh, You would know. Def- definitely as an arcane caster who studied these runes about the concept of lay energy. Uh, lay lines, they, they are a thing mm-hmm. uh, throughout Galarian. There are conduits in the world through which magical energy flows more efficiently, um, almost like magnetic poles through the path of least resistance. And where you are here appears to be a fairly powerful lay confluence. Mm-hmm. Uh, what this basalt pillar does is it is a focus. It is a focus specifically for transmutation magic. Hmm, I uh, see. It massively enhances the potency of any and all transmutation magic that is used nearby it. And with you kind of feeling immediately this overwhelming raw primal nature of this thing, uh, equally so is transmutation, animation, and the mere presence of this amidst this battlefield could quite easily le- be leaking out into these things around it. You don't get the feeling that any of these were like set as a trap. This isn't something someone made. It's this just is something just their proximity to yeah. this thing. So it's not evil. It's just a natural thing. Yes, it's just been here, and unfortunately, it's powerful energy just decided to leak into, uh, well, what looks like a battlefield. But someone placed it here. This altar is not natural. Well, we but you said it that. amplifies the area? Yes. I wonder if there's a way to turn it off. I would advise not touching it right now because even to me it is beyond my arcane knowledge. Well, what about the shield? Ozosh, do you know what it is? The material? Notably, the shield has survived the intervening years far better than anything else in this battlefield. Though, uh, the first vestiges of rust start to creep at its edges. Uh, it still retains its sheen and its luster. Uh, it does not appear to be overtly magical. Simply the material it's created of was high quality enough to persist in the elements for however long it's been. Hmm. Far less impacted than the rest of these steel blades. Hmm. Oh. It just looks like a very good shield to me. I guess would crafting be able to tell what it's made of? Yeah. Um, if you're, are you trained in crafting? Yep. I mean, uh, I think we all are. Yeah, I think trained in crafting. Mm-hmm. No. With, uh, <laughs> well, most of us are. With some time put into it, even just being trained in crafting, I think you could identify the base material. Uh, whether or not this is the same thing that you call it in the following and the realm of the Mammoth Lords is a different issue entirely, but it is a shield crafted of cold iron. Hmm. Um, how long have we been, been standing around here? Like this, investigating um, this. You would have come in. At this point, 
between the divining and identifying the shield, it's probably been about 10 minutes. Right. So you could have sat down and healed yourself or someone if you I'm wish. sitting down with him and stitching together all his open gashed wounds. I'm going to actually use risky surgery. Okay. More gashes. Um, and there's something neat on my character sheet here. I am a harvelous of dedication. So I get some cool stuff with that too. I'm an expert in nature now. So and you can use that for medicine, there you right? Go. Yep. And I can use that for medicine. Okay. So we're going to roll this. So you're going for the expert DC, I assume? Yeah. I rolled a seven on the die. I can assist. Or I guess... Um, Herbalist, that's plus two out in the wild, right? For using... If you have if natural, you have medicine. natural, yeah, natural medicine. medicine. I have to have natural medicine for Herbalist. So I have natural okay. medicine, yep. Yeah, and I would say you are still in the wild, so you have access to fresh herbs. Yeah, uh, so. The valley here has nothing, but you wouldn't have to go. I mean, it's a small area yeah. outside. You certainly would. Which would give you 19. 19. Can I assist? Try to assist, Virgin. Hey... I say risky it's surgery. So long. <laughs> it's been so long since I've looked at it. Oh, what is that? What's she surgery? Is one D. <laughs> you got an eighteen. You hurt. So you take so, a D eight. <laughs> you uh, try to hand to him. Perhaps more focused on the herb, uh, the herbalism and the plants, uh, and the nature of his wounds. These strange, deep gouges from this creature. He's just gonna take D six damage. D6, That's awesome. D eight. D eight. Take four. Oh, good. He does not We're getting feel better somewhere. afterwards. <laughs> All right, that's the process of feeling. You hurt first, and then you feel better. Use those nettles. That's the problem. I gave him some poisonous. Stitch the wounds with nettles. <laughs> These are handy. They're natural. Natural mm -hmm. is good. Uh, we'll try again later. Well, I think we figured out what's here, and I don't. Uh, I don't know if we can it. fix it. I think it just is. That's definitely not an is. That's it a was put there. Was put there and is making the, the ground around it cry. Huh? I'm going to reach out a hand um, and just place a hand on top of it. Um, this seems to be amplifying transmutation magic from what Ozash is saying. Hanwi's innate light is all about shape-shifting, which is totally transmutation. So she's just going to kind of lightly place her hands on it and just close her eyes and get a feel for it and see if she can guide this potency in a certain direction. Um, just proximity to it, uh, as you kind of feel it and sort of pull out a little bit of what might be usable or what you could possibly do with it, the force itself, whatever this focus is, is certainly too powerful for you to meaningfully affect. Hmm. But it is potent enough that even whether you wished it or not, Simply being this close to it would massively enhance transmutation magic that you cast. Hmm. Um, she'll focus and um, her arm will ripple almost like it's made of water um, before uh, sprouting uh, a, a light coat of fur and her hands are going to kind of morph out into um, vicious slashing claws. Um, that's wild morph. It's a focus spell, transmutation effect. Okay. Um, anything different out of the ordinary? Um, you feel as you transform to this second, uh, this morph, normally it's, I assume it's got like a duration normally. Yeah, it has a duration normally. What's, uh, is it like a minute or are we talking I like think rounds? it's a minute, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not a form that you can maintain very long. Uh, but with the proximity to this stone, it feels almost natural. Uh, it feels like you could just the, the focus required to sustain this, the toll it takes on you, has been reduced to almost zero. Hmm. Uh, it feels like you could keep this 
possibly as long as you wanted. Hmm. Wow. It's like it's a part of me. This is effortless. Right. So I, I guess my point is that if it's not evil and somebody didn't put it here to, like, hurt anybody, then do we really want to, like, risk our lives to get rid of it? I would honestly suggest we figure out the way to either hide it or destroy it because if it all if if it was able to animate all these weapons and this in this creature that we fought who knows what will happen if it goes into the wrong hands my fear is that it is probably growing out too there's no telling how long it's been here exactly could okay so correct me if i'm wrong i mean you could try to break it but could we try to break contain it? Virgin, take it. Are you taking a swing? I'll take a like swing. A, at it. No wonder you break your weapon. Taking a swing. Uh, um, upon that, I'm scooping upon wings. <laughs> at, at its core, it is st- still a focus made of basalt stone. And your first swing with this big pick does chip into its side. Uh, not massively, but as it would any other solid structure of rock. And as you pull back and Amka puts magic weapon on you, swing out again and a bigger chunk blasts away as pieces of rubble start to collapse down to the ground. Uh, you can absolutely just magic weapon oh, transmutation. Okay. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Oops, all magic weapon. <laughs> until I break this, I have magic weapons. You definitely like uh, it's I've been working on it. I got I got light hammers, I'm hoping. Only just a couple more swings as Aram joins in with his little uh mallets. Bing, bing, bing. Uh, bing, bing, bing. He's helping, but Verja, with this transmutation magic into your weapon and this literal pick that you're swinging here, uh, with only a few more strokes enhanced by you are, as you are, especially down near the base of this, where it is fairly thin and narrow, you topple this stone, and a couple more have it split into massive black basalt chunks. And even as this is happening, you can feel the aura dismantling. You can feel <sighs> magic rebalancing. You can feel the transmutative lay focus fading. Well, that was nice. Good helping, Virgia. Good helping. I hit. (laughs) And as it does, so too do you immediately feel the exhaustion of maintaining this form, the focus required. It comes rushing back. You see the magic immediately start to slip away out of your weapon, no longer enhanced by this focus. Her hand will, kind of, the claws will kind of recede and it'll again ripple into just kind of a a dainty tiny hand. I don't like how that looks at all. Huh? <sighs> Make sure it's okay. Oh, well, yeah, no, it's perfectly fine. Well, your hands are really soft. Uh, thank you, I, I guess. I Why do you have to keep me weird like that? I, I cast, I cast heal on my friend here. Expecting, <laughs> expecting damage before the heal comes in. <laughs> expecting damage, you get thirteen back, or get thirteen back. But as you, uh, nurse ratchet, oh, as God. you patch up with this weird focus destroyed. Um, there doesn't seem to be much left of interest here save for this cold iron shield, which is certainly, if nothing else, worth bringing along. It is a yeah, cold iron. It's, it's a steel it's shield, but it's cold iron, so... Uh, we do is, need a lot of fey these a, days. I, I, I might take that shield off your head. Actually. You yeah, this this will be great for you. Uh, just, it, is a, it is like a slightly, uh, slightly curved traditional square shield. Okay. Uh, does not even have a proper frame. Just a singular like mount and then almost a straight just slab of this cold iron. A bit bigger than you would traditionally make out of your bone or your 
wooden shields that you could make here. Not massive, it's not a giant tower, but it's a bit larger than what you'd be used to wielding. Oh, Ozash, you're bleeding all over the floor. Eh, it's just about a day. Well, here, let me help. Um... <laughs> you would certainly be able to patch each other up as oh, yeah. well through this. There would be... With with well, this focus destroyed, no more floating weapons are going to animate themselves around to defend this weird pyramid. No more nuts. Uh, and with that day, as we head back over to the world map, whatever this is would have been addressed. You could head back up out of this strange canyon to meet with the following, ready to descend from these hillocks the following day. And with quite an interesting story to tell. Hmm. Uh, I'll pick up uh, any like stray metal. Metal's not common, so like any stray bits that we can find oh, yeah. that didn't disintegrate, I'm yeah, gonna pick them up. There's and definitely rust. some. It is all like it is more rust than metal at this point. It is all like warped and rusted and like eh. near unsalvageable. But mm. it's metal. And it's that's metal. Like a thing that's that you guys don't traditionally have. Exactly. So I'm gonna take some yeah. of it. So Ooh, I'm going to pick up that take tennis. a piece of. The ball saw that he clipped off. And I assume there's just little chunks of yeah, Of course, there'd be just chunks yeah, of just, I'm just going to take one of those with me. Got to so, add it to the herbalist healing rock collection. Yeah, yeah. crystals. Crystals, that's it. What do the crystals say? More crystals. So, returning back here, the interesting tales to tell you're following that evening as the morning sun rises. I assume I'd be continuing our journey yep. east towards the grandparents. Yep. You can see now uh, where exactly it is that you're going. Uh, and your direction is more than clear. So, I assume... Yeah, we're southeast. moving. Yeah, let's do it. We're just going to zigzag our way across. Yeah, from there is the Burning Mammoths would move into the hex next to Gleaming Sun Lake. You could then move two hexes, basically going straight horizontally. The Burning Mammoths would move one. You could move then two hexes down to the southeast. The Burning Mammoths would move one. Yeah, Perfect. that's fine. Um, and here... Late in the afternoon, as the following is near closing in, uh, preparing to find a campsite only a couple of hundred yards, a couple hundred yards back from where you currently are, you would come across a very strange statue amongst the plains. Oh, great. More statues. Mm. It's a very lifelike... Well, this is a statue. That thing was like a weird effigy of metal and leather. This is a... Huge, standing, very lifelike statue of a rearing mammoth in the middle of a pretty open, grassy flatland. It's very easy to see even from a distance, and at first it kind of just looked oh. like it was a large boulder, uh, but with some strange, jagged pieces atop that you later see are then just tusks. Huh. The statue is seemingly very precariously balanced on its hind legs and has no base. Fact. How big is it? Uh, it's a it mammoth. It's really the size of a mammoth. Very, very large statue. This thing would tower 20 up to the top of the tusks, possibly 25 feet up above you. And it has no base. Huge. No base to the statue. I'm not at all. going anywhere near that thing. Yeah, it's a face. <laughs> face. Uh, waiting the, to just fall over. The on face you of this mammoth is twisted and contorted in rage, its trunk curled as if mid trumpet. Uh, and beneath one of the stone mammoth, mammoth's feet is a grisly smash of now rotting, infested, feathery viscera. Uh, uh. That uh, looks cockatrice-like. Stop that again. Those feathers. No one won that fight. No one won that fight. I can make a recall knowledge. We can make a recall knowledge. 
Yeah, if you have a nature check, you can actually. Yeah. I do. Yeah, I we do. got nature. We got so much nature. So much nature. No much nature. Oh. Uh, 19. 27. 26. Yeah, it looks pretty cockatrice. 24. Uh, yeah, it looks pretty cockatrice-like under there. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, that, that's cockatrice You You like. see the kind of telltale, weird, almost disfigured, chunky wings and fat, short beak of the cockatrice. <laughs> uh, still, the, the beak itself still fully intact, though covered... Uh, I love how the art actually has the, yeah, the art literally has, has the mooshed cockatrice on the bottom, that's and awesome. I love it. That's great. That makes me so. Happy. If you're wondering if I just added this in to not do the cockatrice no. encounter, it is literally in the art. So they know. <laughs> they're self-aware. It's, it's there. <laughs> they knew. Awareness is what we're looking for. Um, notably, as you are looking over this thing, um, any of you even trained in nature? especially with the uh, discovery this is certainly a cockatrice smashed painted hoofs, would recognize that this was clearly once a living mammoth mm -hmm. that has been fully petrified by oh, magic. Oh, wow. Mm. Hmm. It won, though. Um, sort of. Did it? Well, it's not broken. Pyrrhic victory. <laughs> it's not victory broken. I think it's like not dead. No one won. Can we Everyone lost. <laughs> It's victory is immortalized in stone. And even looking over it, you can you can even see that on the mammoth side there are several kind of spread clusters of little indentations that look like they were wounds now petrified into the statue. So do cockatrice like petrify things in self-defense? Because it's not a hunting mechanism. I, I because it. I don't think they eat stone. Shut up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like the Midas I'm not a cockatrice biologist. No, it's like the Midas oh. touch. See, everything if, that you want to eat turns to stone. If the things that... Here's, say if Dewey's. the things they peck and hit with their mouth turn to stone, they probably do eat stone. Well, chickens peck at gravel, so, you know, maybe. Also, like, there's something we're missing here. Cockatrices could just be jerks. They could just be <laughs> But Oh, no, they so are. That's possible. That is, that I, it's I, like boring. They're just like boring. They just eat rocks. Can we fix it? rocks. It's possible, but the magic required is very powerful. It's it's beyond me, at the, I'm afraid. Maybe one of the lords can fix it. Perhaps we could speak if maybe Nakta could could pull something. Because I mean, it, it's a it's a mammoth, and it it was very brave. It looks like you know, if fought them to a standstill, we should at least try to heal. If anyone it. has a chance, I'd imagine it would be Nakta. Okay, well that's a note for later. We level like five, we'll come back. <laughs> come back to Lords with this guy. A bit more in level five, I think. What's stone to flesh? Stone to flesh, I think it's like a flesh to stone is what we want. And, oh, yeah, flesh to stone. And it's like, I think that's like level four or something. Oh, okay. like that. Yeah, that's a fourth level spell. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay, well, maybe later. Um, but <laughs> on the dog. But Nocta, yeah, maybe. You do have Nocta. And uh, the following is already Nocta nearby. Chance. And as you bring them around to uh, prepare their camp, first meeting, perhaps to ask if maybe do we now want to sit next to the Petrified Mammoth? Is that going to be weird? Uh, well, you want it to fall on you. That's true. It is a little precarious. Yeah. You want to give it a 25 foot berth. Nocta would. Uh, definitely come out to investigate this with you, uh, but certainly tell you that whatever power is contained within a cockatrice is not magic that can simply be unwoven. Uh, she would need magic powerful enough to revert its state in like a raw form. You would have to cast like, like 
it's not a flesh. Like you have to cast this as a mammoth now. Uh, it's not something you can be simply dispelled or easily unwoven. And uh, if only there was a certain balsat table we could have had nearby that might have helped with this. We'd have to drag the mammoth statue there, though. That's true. It's pretty, it was several days during yeah. the that thing. Certain, yeah. something you certainly don't Plus, have I think the burning mammoths are literally right next to it. So, but the. Uh, there's also a small chance that you cast Bobbity Boop. Now you're Chad says they do just eat rocks. Oh. They eat the things they petrify. Oh, um, yeah. There you go. So I guess what they would be doing is just, uh, as Arcadis. Arcadis says that. Chat. Uh, I assume he, yeah, he's he, chat. He, he says that via chat. Uh, I would assume that what they do, I think their ability is literally called calcify. Huh. So it's not like they're turning it into traditional, like, it's a rock. It's functionally a rock. It's more like teeth. But it is. It's now teeth. I don't even want to talk about this anymore. So <laughs> that night, as the. <laughs> I like Barsal the Whale's point. It's just, a, it's like a parrotfish. Maybe. It just eats coral, just crunch, crunch, crunch. Regardless. Yeah, but what if you just wore teeth? The but following would be perfectly fine uh, to rest for the evening here, as other than, again, this thing kind of toppling over on somebody. Uh, Bippity boppity, this is now my property. This is not going to take any further, uh, any further effort. Uh, or it's not going it to cause any further threat rather leaving you the following morning uh to very easily now move one hex to the foot of the grandparents now what looks from a great distance and what may look in your memories as children as an inviting pass is not exactly that uh, the space between the grandparents is far from this like valley of the dinosaurs-esque easily easily passable open canyon to the promised land it is minor foothills of these grand peaks. It is smaller peaks, it is craggy, and it is stone. And as you approach this, and your camp catches up this evening, Amka, make me a fortitude save. Amka, make you a fortitude save. No reason. I'm good at those. Definitely don't need a tetanus shot. Mm -hmm. 20, 30, 20. Hey. It's literally against tetanus. The swords give you tetanus. Um, <laughs> what a surprise. Sister Cinder protects. Sister Cinder protects. I don't get to give up good tetanus. All right. Um, damn. That was lockjaw. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty hard, I imagine. Um, yeah, bones. As the following catches up for the night. Hey, you know what we're doing. Murthig comes to meet the group of you. Raising his, uh, as he always does, raising his kind of little. We're teaching the following our new thumbs up routine. Mirth thinks it's hilarious. And he puts up the one <laughs> thumb that he's got as he comes in, uh, flagging the groupie down somewhere around dinner. Oh, I was, I was, well, I had a thought I wish to share with the groupie. I, I discussed it and brought it to uh, the rest of the mammoth lords, and well, I think it's fair enough an issue. We've been moving a fairly direct path, right? Well, we've had a couple of switchbacks and strange investigations and stories of weird magic rocks and Kelpie mm -hmm. Fay of the Lake. But, you know, there's only one possible destination that the following could be heading out here in the east. It's these hills, these foothills between the grandparents. Whether or not the Burning Mammoth still remember, that leads out the Red Cat Cave notwithstanding. Where else could we possibly be going? So for them, where better? To set up an ambush. That's exactly what I was thinking. Mm. Tomorrow we should scout out this valley. I agree wholeheartedly. We think it's smart. Let the rest of the tusks stay put here. 
Uh, we still have an angle we can take to attempt to escape if necessary, should the horde fall upon us and give you, uh, well, what may very well take several days to reconnoiter uh, the past here between the, the grandparents. Uh, terrain is vast and not exactly friendly. <laughs> Believe it or not, from the stories we told you, there are reasons that we don't really travel this way anymore. The Sjorn route has forsaken it. It's hard going. Even for a small uh, small and very talented group like yourselves. It's going to take a bit of effort. Even if it is safe and the following does come here, if we don't leave quickly, then the burning mammoths, if they make to the edge of the of the canyon, they could trap us here. They could. That's true. But why? Well, like your house at Harik, and like Nocta and Wotan, well, to put our faith in Grandfather Sven. He had a plan. We don't know what it is. We know it involves, well, not the primordial flame, because he and we all know that's gone, but it involves Grumbach. If he can help us, so be it. If not, can't run forever anyway, can we? We live. We do have the high ground here. It would... It's you a could defensible do pass. serious damage to them here. It would greatly blunt their numbers, if we could. There's worse places to make our stand if we have to. And you have a lot of time to plan and set things up. And as we've seen, their numbers are mainly the only strength they have. We'll give you five moons to inspect the area through the grandparents. And we haven't heard back from you from then. We'll assume the worst. We'll come looking. Even if there you should fall to some burning mammoth ambush. I can't imagine any number of forward scouts that could get up here in the foothills would be enough to take all of the tusks together. Besides, it's still the best place to make our stand. But that's not a problem, because you'll be back fine, right? Right, right exactly. absolutely. Of course. I like this. <laughs> Isn't it nice? Isn't it nice? It makes me feel warm inside, warm and proper. Hey, Verja, stick your finger, your finger in your ear. This is good too, right? Hey, stop <laughs> it! Why do you have to make everything worse? Well, he's Dude. got a one-up you. That's the game. But oh. with that... The group of you now have a task ahead of you. Explore and reconnoiter the pass before the grandparents alone. Well, now uh, we're going to send you all into Death Valley alone. Well, it's Good better luck. you than the whole of the yeah. following. Falling <laughs> we're into tapers. something prepared. We're tapers. There you go. <laughs> this is the water. Your tapers, they trust to be able to survive should there be we, something. We were children like a week ago. Yeah, well, but that was then. That, that was then. Was so, that was pre-hero time. Time to grow up. Fly, bitch. There are... <laughs> <laughs> you there suck. are a great number of rituals throughout the following. Again, many stories told about the grandparents in the valley beyond them. Uh, and with the very rare proximity to the past, even though it hasn't been entered in generations, many of the following turn to ritual and performance here. Even with the burning mammoths hot in pursuit, there is tradition to be upheld. It's good for morale. It's been weeks of running across the plains and the following is going to be waiting while you are scouting out the hills anyway. It's gonna be a far cry from the festival of the green moon, but it is going to be a jolly and up on high-spirited occasion for the Tusks. Whether that be because they are only steps from their salvation with Groombach and the cave, or going to meet their end and into Sister Cinder and the Sun, 
joyfully, ready to make their final stand here in the Vales. It will take you two days to move into this mountainous hex, in which case, or under which time the horde will functionally just hop a vertex forward with their two days of journey. You can clearly see as you rise up into the foothills, uh, these mountainous craggy peaks higher and bolder, more sheer than anything that you have passed in the relatively calm plains of your routes out to the west. And you can see now before you the expanse of what was once the broken tusk lands. You can see the true size of the horde that follows you. Hmm. It is not simply a hex, but several worth of procession of camps, of fires, a carpet of red glow extending still even from this vantage close to the horizon. But do we see the ambush? After two days of trekking up into these mountains here, none. That's Hmm. nothing yet. But these areas are difficult. Hard to travail and harder still to search. Uh, They've given you five days and it may well take all of them to reconnoiter this area. Who wants to lead on a perception check? Perception? For Um, reconnoitering these hills. I'm Uh, pretty good at that. I get plus one for turn. Oh no, that's not. Well, I get survival. I'm at plus eight. All of us are pretty good at this. I think you have led one. I have led one. Your turn. Hanwe leads one. Hanwe gets the Oh, you can also survival the mistake. Oh, I can? Yeah, survival or perception. Oh, okay. I was double checking. It's like I feel like there was a second thing that you could roll. It's survival or perception. Yeah, I'm I'm also good at survival. Hanwo leads one. Yep, Hanwo it is. Hanwo, Hanwo. Someone gonna assist her? Hanwo. There. You want to assist? I'll assist. All right, one person gets to assist. One person gets to lead. Let's see if you keep the tradition going. I'm famously I'm famous at helping people. Is it a one? It's a 19 on the die. All right. So. And your expert still plus one. Doesn't go up till master, right? Or um, no. I pre- if it's perception, it's trained, so it's but 27. You're surviving, right? Who's doing it? I thought survival. I was surviving. Survival, it's, it's plus four, so. Do you still aim okay. perception? Still trained, no, okay, yeah. so you're plus one. Okay. Still, it's it's helping, not hurting. I help. Okay, not bad. So that's going to be a 24. Uh, with a 24, nice. the day of sky in this area, you find a couple of things of interest, actually. There are some sheer canyons that are relatively narrow, uh, but mostly unbroken, that uh, jank their way at strange angles through this canyon, uh, through this series of canyons and small foothills. Uh, a path that seems like it would be not terrible for the broken man- mammoths themselves, or broken tusks, sorry, I mashed them together, uh, the broken tusks themselves to travail. Uh, it would be thin, it would be difficult going. Uh, would, the lords would literally have to ride their companions single file through this pass. Which also, unfortunately, would make it a very powerful ambush point. But you, there's nothing prepared that you see. Okay. That's what you, you do find are tracks around the area. Hmm. Yeah, uh, that's how they get you. Tracks of several sets of feet that indicate that a smallish party has been through here very recently. The ground here is relatively firm and mostly hard stone and gravel. Tracks would not survive the elements long. These must be quite fresh. We should probably follow them. Hopefully we'll catch them. 
the day's activity. We're going to have to do it real quick, though, because we've got to head back if we're going to get back in time for the five moons. With the day's activity here, finding their sources beyond the scope of what can be accomplished, as this area was no easier to traverse for them than it is for all of you. It would take at least another day of reconnoitering yeah. to find out for certain we where they're going. We have to. Yeah. We, we don't do. have time enough to get back to them. We can't. We, we're two days in. We have three days to get back. Three days in. It took you two days just to get really into the hex and one day of reconnoitering. You could spend another reconnoitering and then the fifth returning. Yep. You have you have time for one. Oh, more. we have time for one more. Oh, okay. Hmm. All right, then let, we'll give it a go then. If we can track them down and find them, and now hopefully you are certain, get some information. Now that you are continuing to now I have uh, prey to fire, fire, follow tracks. Um, it's a bunch of tracks. It's not one trail, so you can hunt something. I'm gonna like, hunt one of them. One of them, I'll just hunt roll, I'll roll out which one you have. Yeah, that's if it fine. becomes relevant, I guess. Um, it's relevant for my tracking. But you would, at this point, it would certainly be easier to follow this with survival than perception, mm -hmm. which I'm sure is fine news for almost literally all of the party. Yep. Um, I will aid I, if you would I'm like a, to track. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, don't make it worse. I get a 12. Um, that's a 22. Um, with a 22, you find that these footsteps wind themselves in an interesting direction. And with another day of reconnoitering here, as the burning mammoths, I think, should literally be like one entire hex closer, because I think you moved them like a whole horizontal hex even, unless they were further back than I thought. I'm pretty sure they should. Oh, they started there. Never mind. They were one further back than I thought. You're, you're good. So one more, one more progression for the, the horde. You would find that these tracks actually wind themselves up from the foothills towards the southernmost of the grandparents, hmm. up starting to trek and climb towards the southernmost peak. Um, the day of following these trails will actually move you one hex southeast if you track them that far into the mountain hex here. Uh, you're on the outskirts of this, so you would basically be able to leave, maybe put them on like the vertex, the vertex between the mountain and the, uh, yeah, like mm -hmm. like there, exactly there. Um, as you move up into these, it's almost terraced, it's almost step-like, these sheer rock rises and cliffs and rises and cliffs. And the, the footsteps lead you to, it's not a trail, but it is a passable, section of terrain that makes its way up and around towards an overlooking ledge that is positioned quite high up above the hole of the pass between these peaks hmm. with a commanding view of all the canyons and hills of the valley. Well, so you would be you would see that this is going up towards that but you would be not up there you're like the base of this and seeing how it can wind around. Well, the good news is theoretically there's only one way down from there. Well, there's a few, but only one safe way. So if our goal is to nullify them, we don't have to go after them necessarily. Uh, we need the information. 
All right, then uh, I guess uh, let's uh, all. They could probably see the whole valley from there. They could see our entire following. The minute they begin to move, if there are any ambushers waiting and waiting, lying in wait, they just need to make a signal, a signal fire, probably, knowing how the mammoths like it. Even with that canyon you found, uh, your following will be passing within 300 yards. Oh, then we can't. Yeah, we can't let that. that's still like a huge distance, like 300 but yards. That's but, still, yeah. that's too close for comfort. But like you could conceivably, like one man with a bow is going to be no threat. Uh, 40 might. Yeah, but if they can if signal the where we are. Yeah, that's that's really more. That's really more of a concern. They would um, certainly see. Um, they would very possibly have a view. Like, well, not even possibly. You can see from up here, you can see your following. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm half a mile back uh, on the edge of where these foothills really start to get sheer. Looks like we're gonna have to dispo- dispense with them then. Um, we might be able to get the drop on them. I don't know if they've seen us yet, but probably. Mm, I don't think so. We've been pretty stealthy and they were pretty far ahead of us. Uh, they overlook the valley. They don't overlook the path up here and they wouldn't have been looking for a small scouting party. I think we may be safe if we approach quietly. All right. Um, I guess I'll continue to take point uh, worst case scenario, whoever we find up there, we can throw off the cliff. Wrap some cloth around those hooves of yours. Good point. I like throwing our enemies off cliffs. Great idea. Oh, don't no. throw everyone off a cliff. Don't, don't forget, we need to ask them questions. I don't want to throw anyone off a cliff. So but, what are you doing as you proceed up this trail? Um, staying hugged in close to the wall. Um, sneaking. Like, sneaking and you're in the front? Yep. Okay. What do you notice? I'm not subtle. No, you're not. <laughs> you just look with eyes. I'm looking with eyes. Clip, clop, clip, clop. Looking with eyes. Uh, Hanui will also be avoiding notice. Sneaky peeky, like. How about you, Ozash? <sighs> Axe and shield out in the hand, just in case. Uh, shield up. Shield up. Does the grip you wind? New shield up specifically. New shield, fancy cold iron shield. Uh, as you wind your way around this pass, just before it crests onto this ledge, uh, you can see that this ledge that's going to lead to is about 30 feet around in pretty much any direction. It's got some scrub brush uh, growing across it where it flattens out, as they all do. Um, and you get high enough, you can see there is like kind of a second ledge up a little setback further for it, uh, from it, pretty much impossible to see from underneath without an extremely impressive angle. Uh, But you see something weirdly familiar, which is not burning mammoths, but something you saw earlier this session, uh, what at this point would be probably a week and a half, two weeks ago. Uh, It is almost a structure, upright, a hexagonal thing of a kind of beige, yellow, strange, well, it's canvas. Uh, It's rough, but almost perfectly flat and uh, it's wrapped around several supporting beams kind of like the the high tents that the group of you use but like one single piece somehow and you can see the tiniest bit of smoke coming up from a couple of embers near a fire there look like there are a pair of these tents up here it does not look like burning mammoth kit it looks like like kit that the halfling and the Tulden man that you found would have had. It looks like something. Per- it looks like what Pericles had next to his pack. Hmm. Hmm. They're on the mountain trail. If they wanted to do a hard one. We found 
people who really shouldn't be on a category four. <laughs> uh, and as you continue up uh, to crest this ledge, what would come into view, clear and obvious from your angle, but what would be fairly obscured, if not hidden entirely from the ground by the scrub brush around this, are four figures. There are a trio of dwarfs, uh, very possibly the only dwarfs any of you have seen other than Murthig, uh, the only one that is in your following, uh, who are in not quite as outlandish clothes as Pericles or Farwander, uh, but things that are definitely not from your region. They've got simple jerkins and uh, heavy leather vests drawn about them. Uh, each of them has what looks like a really strange steel hook with a, ha a handle across from it, so it would like hook out from the front of it. Hmm. Um, that doesn't, I mean, it looks sharp, but what its purpose is is absolutely unclear to you guys. It doesn't look like it'd be a terribly effective weapon. The pointy bit's not on the front. So um, handle, hook. Handle, hook coming out from Like a big fishing hook? Like a really like massive fishing hook kind of, yeah. Okay. It's just made of like a thick single steel Those piece. Those are bailing hooks. And uh, <laughs> all of them- I'm a country boy. All of them look, <laughs> they are absolutely bailing hooks. All of them look <laughs> fairly Stout, uh, even for dwarves. Uh, they're much smaller than Murthig is, somewhat surprisingly. The two of them by an entire foot. Um, two of them are sitting down uh, in the back of this ledge with uh, one burlap sack sat next to them with some gold and silver coins spilling out of it. And they appear to be playing a dice game between the two of them. Uh, the other one is leaning up against the rock near the edge of this, watching the trail and as since you're not all sneaking, as you guys come up, he would see at least the people who are not sneaking and only the people who are not sneaking. Um, so he would see Amka and Ozosh for sure as the rest of you kind of conceal yourselves among the trail. And me. Oh, right, you're not sneaking. It was just the two of you that were sneaking. Right, Virgin, not subtle. Uh, he would see the three of you. Mm -hmm. He doesn't like reach for weapons or call out or anything. He just sort of looks confused. But behind the three dwarves is... <laughs> is a fourth figure. Uh, that is a woman. A woman who is dressed up in a very, like, almost garishly sky blue outfit, some quilted leggings, uh, a huge scarf drawn around a fairly simple blouse. Uh, she has a couple of brass pieces of armor, mostly just on her, her knees, her elbows, and on her feet. And she has an incredibly wide-brimmed, kind of floppy, almost identically colored hat. Um, the, it kind of looks like a tarot. Oh, she looks not friendly. Look, definitely does not look like she is from here. Uh, she's got a very angular face with a complexion a bit darker, but features kind of similar to Pericles in that she seems like she might hail from a similar region. A uh, tall and, dame? And a couple uh. of implements around her uh, belt and in a small pile of goods next to her. Uh, as well as a black and gold bound uh, thick tome on the ground next to her, would at least to Ozash certainly identify her as a as an arcane caster of some kind. Um, she is kneeled down behind the scrub brush, just sort of looking the general direction of the following, kind of kneeled down on one knee with a small little three-legged wooden stool that just keeps her butt six inches off of the ground. Uh, like one of those crappy little camping stools. And she looks just bored out of her mind with one fist against her cheek. 
on the one knee that she has up, just watching down towards your following at the mouth of the canyon. Hmm. And uh, the dwarf immediately sees the group of you, sees you kind of wave, sees the thumbs up, and turns around and says something in what sounds like it might be the same language that Pericles and Farbonner were speaking. And she sort of starts and turns around, sees the group of you, puts her hands up, wiggles her fingers, a smile comes across her face. Aram Vexila! Hello. 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 In Halit. <laughs> Orum. Orum Vas. Dordum Troxima Cantaro? No. Trox. We'll, we'll just. Good. Mm-hmm. Vantama Do Varica Amina. I think she said the same thing, just louder and slower. If I may. Ozash picks up a stick. He starts writing archaic runes, basically asking her the question and, well, arcane, like, who are you? We are friendly. Omforum Domino. Omforum Domino. Mega. Vominax. Artisa Stoutmore. I hate you. Is that enough to get her name out of that? Because that sounded like Artisa Stoutmore to me. Ampka Un. Amka un 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 Amka Hanwi Varg Varg Zorum Varg Zorum Do you speak Elvish? Speak Sylvan. She points down towards the following, clearly <laughs> clearly <laughs> visible. Hey, the, the broken tusks. Yep. Dominus Cartorum Nomine? <laughs> Collapsed her hands like a giddy child. Okay. Omenorum. Omenorum. Vamana. Unus. Bormano. Magnorum. Magnorum. Mammoth Lords. Gordimo. Vox. Mamana. So, I know this is probably not a good idea. <gasps> But uh, Verja doesn't know dwarves hate giants. I'll try speaking in Jotun. (laughs) And as you start speaking Jotun, the two dwarves have obviously stopped their dice game. And one of them just kind of looks at you. Do you understand? Why in all the hells you speak giant? Huh. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh turns around. Huh? 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 Vormox! Vormox on Dominorum! Nomina Lamente! Nomina Lamente! Oh my god, it's translating I'm... for us into Yo and the translate for him into Mamini Boopy! Mamini You know who also speaks Yo? I mean, this is what better than you traveling. Also speak yeah. Well, okay, well, these two understand. The the dwarven woman, uh, in that same language, quickly replies, uh, turns back to you. This is the resplendent lady artist of Stoutmore. She wishes to purchase one of your mammoths. Purchase? Uh, purchase. Translate roughly to, I guess, barter for our animals. The barter for a mammoth. I know. I'm sure you can say mammoth to your own people, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know if Jotun and, 
and Halit. It's not a direct translation, but I'm giving you for the purposes of you know this yeah, conversation okay. yeah. progressing yeah, yeah, yeah. ever. Yeah. I'll just tell you the intent of. I'll tell you if Wants you can't to buy get a the mammoth. whole thing across. Wants to barter for a mammoth. Uh, and then, she can't have our family. I know she can't, but we, yeah, that's what that's what she wants. That is not our decision, and is likely the following will say no. It turns back to her and says some stuff, and you see her. Oh, Fox, Fox Domino, Fox Domino, the Lamatus Moxley, Tartorum, Tartorum, Tartorum. Um, and you see her literally stick her hands into a little, like, belt pouch she has around her belt and just starts pulling out some stuff. She pulls out, like, a white, frilled, very thin handkerchief and a small glass bottle about half full of a black fluid. Um, and she reaches down a couple of times. She keeps sort of fishing around a little bit. Ah! Six copper coins. Namnatardorum. Um, and dwarf fox. Dominus Vox. Uh, um, lady offers these fine riches for one of your brood. More than enough, certainly, for animals common in this land. We have no need for. She's got coin. like a lace handkerchief and yeah. an inkwell and five yeah. pennies. <laughs> we have no need for foreign money, coin, shinies. Uh, what? But there is a mammoth. How many days back was the statue mammoth? <laughs> Probably like three. Uh, there is a wild mammoth about three days traveled west. <laughs> You see her kind of snicker. The dwarf sitting next to her kind of looks over and she mutters something in Dwarven, which I don't think anyone speaks either. Um, and the lady snaps her fingers and uh, she translates something up to Stoutmore. Uh, she just picks up her spell book and starts flipping through it. Dorum, Vulcana. Okanorum. Can you Ocanora. ask them about the burning mammoths? And the dwarves They're just talking about silly things. Look at you, and they they pick up their dice, put them in the bag, and kind of kick the die off the dice off to the side, and start taking a couple steps back. Um, when she does that, way. I'm moving very quickly. Sphera Flammei and <laughs> pulls up, uh, starts pulling up an orb of fire into her hand, and I think there perhaps is where we leave. Today's session. Oh boy. Surely yeah. this will get her mammoths. And <laughs> next week. We kill we another Stoutmore. We didn't kill, we didn't kill the first one. You were close. You had the, you were in the right session, but the wrong encounter. This is the Stoutmore, my yeah. fine friend. And thank you all for joining us, for bearing with us. Just like, like the dragon and the just like the dr- there exactly. There's always a Stoutmore. There's always a Stoutmore. And board the most dismissive casting of something ever imaginable. Well, fireball. We know it's fireball. Hold it's gonna be great. I asked the question, just fun glimpse behind the curtain. I think it'll be funny real quick. Before the session started, I said, does anyone have 21 or less HP? Um, (laughs) (laughs) To which the answer was no. So we'll probably be fine. We'll see you all next weekend. That was the question. I didn't hear you ask. I I looked at the answer. The answer is yes. No, nobody does. 
Um, Nobody does. No, 26. Oh, I have 26. She's mm-hmm. got more than Hanmi does, actually. Yeah, yeah. She's just really easy. Hopefully, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, yeah. We had our oh, one I... lull with the previous episode where nobody went down to dying, too, and I can pretty much guarantee you that's not going to be a problem next week. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy your weekends, everybody. Next week, yeah, the battle with another Stoutmore and Red Cat Cave before us. And I throw us. her off a cliff. I was correct about what we were going to do.